Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Clay Williams. I think we should like establish. Uh, I'm curious. Fuck Mary Kill, Emily Ratajkowski, Wes Bentley, Zac Efron. Ooh, well, kill oh. Wes Bentley. Just done. Easy. No question. Kill Wes Bentley. Um, I guess I'm, you know. It, just to remind ourselves, we're talking about Wes Bentley and not James. So. It's true, because it's the I want I want so okay. Kill Bentley, marry Efron, fuck Emily. Done. I'm. I think I'm the same, but I'm more reluctant about killing Wes because that dude's hot. Like that dude is a smoke show. I don't trust him. Yeah, I don't. uh, Even if it's just the character, I don't trust him. I guess, like you know, uh, would you would you say like he got older, uh, or he got hotter as he's older? Uh, Because I would say. I would say that yeah. for like American Beauty era West Bentley. Um, I mean, if it's American Beauty era West Bentley, you kill that fucker without hesitation. But mm-hmm. it's like yeah. 2015 era West Bentley is looking like a god. You know, Welcome the hair's to me messy. Era West Bentley. The beard, yeah. the beard's fucked up, but in like a in a really like dignified, sexy way. Like he looks like a disaster. He looks like he smells a little bit, but in a sexy way. Like he's <laughs> rocking it. Uh, but e- Efron is like. One of the most like classically handsome men I've ever seen in my life, and he like <laughs> has like this kind of sweetheart magnetism to him, and this kind of like lingering yeah. little melancholy where you feel like he would genuinely be a good guy to have a conversation with, or a million conversations with if you put the ring on his finger. Um, You've told me he looks like a puppy dog. <laughs> he does look like a puppy dog. He's because puppy dogs are like they are like so cute, but then they they look somewhere and they look so sad and confused about their existence. Mm-hmm. And like that's it's like a constant yeah. hybrid of of going off pure instinct and then being really sad, and that's kind of you Efron's. kind of understand Jack like Efron. once once James um finds out about Sophia and Cole's like uh, one night stand, you're like okay, I kind of get why you can't stay mad at this guy, um, right? He's like a I little think baby. Zach, I think the thing with Zach Efron and puppies is that they're both sincere and earnest, and that's why they're cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Efron. Ef- you just know that if you talk to Efron about anything you were interested in, he'd be like, "Oh yeah," and he'd ask you questions about it. Like that's everything <laughs> he's given off. And like, is this partly For parasocial? Sure. Yes, but that is because I have masturbated to him, so it's fine. Um, it's it's okay. I mean, you know, it's when it goes it's, into it's that of, level. I think. It's uh, yeah, it for sure. And it's and it's like. Before we began, we were talking a bit about the miscalculated career of James Marsden, and I feel the same that, you know, like when Efron is used very, very well, it can really be to the movie's benefit, and uh, right. both members of uh, the 2007 Hairspray, so I feel like, you know. There's... I think, I think, I do, I, I do think that Efron hearts. has the kind of career that I wanted Marsden to have. I think both Disney the thing. alum. Like sure. I think I think if if I could have picked a path for Marsden, it would have been would be very similar to Efron's, where it's like he's not like doing They're the biggest things, but he's doing things that are important. Yeah, uh, but the thing about Emily Ratajkowski is that she's just really attractive. Um, she yeah, just a very gorgeous model. woman. She was a model before. Beautiful, like really really good in pretty much everything I've seen her in. Really good in Gone Girl. Really good in this. Yeah, um, great and gone girl. Like, she's seem, kind of a feminist. Has, has an audio, has, yeah. yeah, has an audio yeah, book that I'm listening yeah. to semi regularly. Uh, yep, it's and it's not a very good audio. Movie it's not a very good for, biography, but you know. Yeah, I she was, has another I didn't role think it was in a movie from this. Yeah, and, and she's another another movie this summer, 
that this came out. Uh, it's called Entourage, and um, you know, possibly bearing some similarities to We Are Your Friends, or at least in movies oh, that I've hey, seen. That it's, it's hey, hey, Jack, you gotta be careful with the way you speak, say these words. I know. I know. You gotta I know. be careful because Entourage has nothing. It has no clout. <laughs> it has no class. It has no style. It has no hot men. Like, no. Yeah, Entourage really fucking blows. Adrian yeah. Grenier is the closest, and that is insane to say. Imagine having Adrian yeah. Grenier be the hottest man in your quartet. What the fuck? Do you fuck? want to hang out with any group that has Jeremy Piven? Legitimately. Do you want to hang out with any group of do people want, that you, is you, include, it has in, Jeremy look, Piven included? Look, you... You go out to the bar and you see this like this guy and his wingman's Johnny Drama. You don't want to fuck him, like no. you don't want to go go home with a guy that's hanging out with Johnny Drama. Turtle, turtle, <laughs> fuck you. I I so I never seen Anyone an episode of Entourage, but I saw the Entourage movie. Okay, I have a friend think? that did that with uh, Ray Donovan, where where you never saw <laughs> the TV show, just watched the movie. <laughs> That's crazy. Clay, what were you going to say? Oh, anyone who's ever been associated with Jeremy Piven, I will not talk to you. <laughs> That's very gosh, fair. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you ever just think um, how different yeah. Jeremy Piven... Do you ever just think how different Jeremy Piven's life would have been if he hadn't got the hair transplant? <laughs> no, like, I don't how think different would his life have looked like? No. I, 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 I have fantasies I of killing so him, I'm subs- not, not thinking about him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Okay, no, damn, okay. I mean, well, I don't I think he's, I'm pretty Jerry sure he's Piven, a bad guy, but I don't care. Oh yeah, terrible terrible. But if Jerry Piven I, ends up suspiciously dead, murdered, some might say, then <laughs> Clay Williams, you're gonna be asked about it. I'm just gonna say that right now. I, I know Kevin Dillon is also fair. someone who's like yeah. yeah. I'll I'll help you cover it up though. Um but the thing oh, about you, it is that. that's the, why you're a good uh, friend. That's why you're a good friend. Yeah, good friends help each other kill Jeremy Piven. Um, but the thing is about it is that I get a bunch of like press and emails about like direct to video movies starring Jeremy Piven, and I get like a bunch of them in my in like my spam mail where it's like, oh hey, do you want a screener? You just need to emails for the screener, and you would get the screener, but I don't know if anyone ever gets the screeners. I don't think if anyone ever asks because no one wants to watch DTV Jeremy Piven movies. That's just something that people Strud- do not Strudinger's, want to do. Schrodinger's and... p- pigeon. <laughs> um, like, oh, yeah, yeah. but no, it's it, you know, Entourage is bad. We are your friends is good. That's the main thing sure. that we need to yeah. stress. That's I agree. Uh, a wonderful start. Yeah, and it's like Entourage feels like it's seven years late to coming out. Where it's like We Are Your Friends is at least having its finger on the pulse, success like pretty well, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's begin with sharing some things that we've seen recently. Uh, well, who's on the podcast, Jack? Who's with us? Oh, well, I mean, I, I usually introduce after this part. Or oh, do I? Well, I think I do. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. This is my second episode back, so I'm still getting trying to get well, back. Well, yeah, no, that, I mean, you're right. Yeah, Logan Kenny's with us. Let's just, yeah. I mean, hey, hey, I guys. love that you talked before. If it wasn't uh, obvious uh, beforehand, who who yeah. else were we going to get I, I'm not. You can't. movie, huh? Yeah. I'm the one who picked it, so like I didn't get to pick <laughs> last time. I just got I got Transformers: yeah. Age of Extinction handed to me, and I took it with with glee. Yeah, I, and I and I you know I would I was just um, 
I was really, really interested to see what you would come up with because, you know, your taste is really great and so specific. So it's like to see you come up with like a guest choice episode. Um, it was like, yeah. yeah, we would have something great to to do. And um, yeah, it's funny to think about that that episode um, with on Transformers because like, you know, we never got your story of how you got into film uh, on that episode. We just got right into the Razzie talk. But let's discuss that after um, – some things that we've seen recently. Uh, okay. If anyone likes to go first. Uh, um, I watched Funny People for the first time in a few years last yeah. night. I move that. We, we had to talk about it uh, pre-recording, but God, that's a movie that'd be good if it had. That would be It'd be a great, great movie if any of the stand-up was funny. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that... I think that like some of the stand up being bad is important, but all of the stand up being bad is real hard to reckon with when it's a two and a half hour movie that has a lot of stand up in it. Uh, mm-hmm. It'd be like seeing a movie about a band that fucking sucks, and like all the stuff where it's about the band's like off stage is great, but then thirty percent of the songs which makes up the movie are all fucking bad. You know? Yeah. Like that's what it feels then, like. Yeah. And it's like a really it's great probably, movie, and yeah. I, I think it. I think it's great too. Yeah, it's like I, I think you should at least be having Rogan improve with stand up in mind, and not have yeah. like the character have poorly written material just to have a commentary on how like um, there's an ego with stand up, and it's like I, I don't know if this was ac- actually thought out as yeah. as well. But we they, can always they, they do the... they do try that arc, but the problem is that the material mm. that he's doing that's better is still not funny. Um, right, but people seem to think it's funny, and Apato seems to think it's funny. Maybe people do mm-hmm. find it funny. Maybe it's just me being a little grump, but like <laughs> I, I didn't find it funny. Um, I I think Knocked it is Up far is away. very I think funny. It's my favorite, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's up there. Good. This is this is Fardy's my favorite Apato because it is just not a comedy. He just yeah, said no. Good. I'm going to make a marital drama starring mm-hmm. my wife and a man who is not my wife. Uh, yeah. Paul Rudd. Catherine Greener um, is quite good in it too uh good great uh jason siegel supporting performance in this is 40 mm-hmm. um yeah. i also uh I also watched... haircut in that yeah. oh yeah crazy he's like doing scuba instructing or something very fun very yeah. fun little low-key performance um i also mm-hmm. i also watched uh borat for the first time in a couple years last night and mm-hmm. that is a movie that has aged some of it is still incredibly funny some of it is mm-hmm. Oof. that's a movie that we should all be grateful did not twitter was not a thing in 2006 or if it was no one was on it mm-hmm. like we should all be grateful because if that movie came out because borat 2 is obviously much tamer uh but if borat 1 came out today <laughs> the the twitter would never be okay again ever mm-hmm. and i think we yeah. should all be grateful for that uh, and i watched something else yesterday batman forever that was the triple mm. feature I did with with my girlfriend Jillian. It was Batman Forever, mm-hmm. Borat, and Funny People, which is what a lineup. Um, yeah, and I love it. Batman Forever. I think I think we just have to say it. I'm sorry to everyone else, but Tommy Lee Jones is the best Batman villain performance in film. Like, who else is doing what Tommy Lee Jones is doing as Two Face? Uh, Aaron mm. Eckhart, you gave like a really sincere, tragic performance as Two Face, but you're not half purple and screaming really queer things for the entire runtime so like you're a little step down i'm gonna have to say i suppose you could always boil it down to like one performance was in a joel schumacher movie and one performance was in 
a movie from Christopher Nolan and it's like those are performances that you would see them direct from actors and it's like yeah it's just it kind of like makes sense how it plays out to me it's so because like to me it's like it's just Jones is opposite Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey is doing like a very Jim Carrey performance well the thing that's surprising to me and Mm -hmm. I've seen this movie a hundred times in my life I loved it so much as a kid I watched it all the time but the thing that surprised me is now that I'm watching it now is like Jones like reaches Carrie's levels of like physical and like verbal madness. Like he and that like, was height of Jim himself Carrey. To the was, yeah. yeah. Like he like cause Carrie is like one of the most like free flowing like comedic performers ever. Like he is all like nervous, spontaneous energy. And Jones, who's a much more like traditional and much more stoic actor, is going as hard as Carrie. Which is mm-hmm. impressive, and I think he's better than Carrie because he does have that kind of like sadistic magnetism that you need with a Two Face, while also being like deliriously chaotic. Like he's funny. He's like there's like he's always funny, but there is like this kind of thing of like you would not want to be in the same room with him because he would kill you. Whereas if you were sure. in the same room with Jim Carrey's Riddler, you'd be like, "What's this gonna guy gonna do? Do a fucking puzzle at me? Like, come on." <laughs> Uh, but no, kind of I, I, think, I, think, I wish like, I liked that can... movie more. I really wish I liked that movie mm. more because it has so many great things going for it. But it, when it comes down to the subplots of Doctor Chase Meridian and Robin, I'm just like, you have oh. to put, you have to cut one of them. No, Chase Meridian, but Nicole Kidman never looked hotter than she does in Batman Forever. It's one of the great then cinema looks ever. Cut the Robin ever. shit. And I, I cut one. No, but you can't cut the you can't you can't cut Robin because of the scene where he's doing the laundry and it's shot like gay porn, and it cuts to Alfred being like, "What? You're doing your laundry athletically? I think you could be Batman's sidekick." And that's the process he's making in his brain. Um, mm-hmm. that that shit is like so crucial. Long. Uh, one more, one one thing about Batman Forever that I, I think is the most crucial bit is that it treats the riddles as stupidly as the nineteen sixty six one does. because uh, like the cre like transitional point from the second to the third act is like Batman and Alfred figuring out the identity of the Riddler, and it's like going through all of the all of the little individual letters that he they've been sent, and they're like putting them in order, and they correlate. Uh, the, it's, it's the numbers. Sorry, they correlate the numbers with the letters of the alphabet, and they've got they've got M R E, Mister E. What is uh mystery? Was a was a synonym for mystery? Enigma, Enigma, Edward Enigma, and that is the line. That is how that's how it plays out exactly like that. That is the how they find out who the Riddler is, and that's how they transition <laughs> into the third act. And to me. Like that goofiness <laughs> is so crucial because the Riddler's yeah. stupid, and I appreciate in the Matt Reeves that it is like bordering on being really stupid because mm-hmm. like we've got Colin Farrell mocking him over Spanish, the Batman over his Spanish, so funny. which I think is there is the I mean honestly there is kind of a just there is kind of a just. I mean, yeah, there's kind of like disconnect with how silly the Batman villains can be and how seriously the world is taken. We're just like, where do we go with, like, if it's actually going to be an adult crime thriller, I, then, like, we're dealing with these kind of people. I think, but, I mean, the Batman think, pulls it off I, successfully. I think the balance is, like, Turturro and Farrell. I think those are the performances they should be aiming for. Turturro, Turturro as Falcone, Falcone in the Batman is genuinely chilling. And, like, when he puts his hand on Zoe Kravitz's face, you're like... This is an ominous man. He has such aura and presence. 
that like exists even after like he's out of the movie. Uh, and Farrell is like, what do you mean? And he's got the prosthetics on and he's doing the chaotic shit and he's like going for more camp, but you can still believe him existing in this world. I think the Batman like doses in like the little bits of humor well enough to make Gotham feel like not like a, a gritty real like Chicago like in the Nolan movies. It feels like there can be really stupid shit in here, but it has like tangible impacts on the citizens lives, So it will still be treated with sure. seriousness. I think Dano is the problem. Because Dano is doing all his worst instincts and Reeves is letting him do it. But it's funny, so I didn't mind too much. Like, it made Dano being I like, like made me laugh. So I can't get too mad, even if it is miscalculated. I like, I like Dano in it. I, I don't know. I think that I, when I, 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 so I've, in all honesty, I have seen the Batman three times. I saw nice. it uh, first on Tuesday, like the fan premiere or whatever, um, where a fire alarm went off in the last. Uh, hour and it then basically had to go back into the theater they had to rewind it it was all the whole thing uh i saw it a second time with my cousin and their partner and i saw it a third time with another friend so i've seen it three times um and the and so the thing with dano is and i'm going to be writing like a really I, i don't really write reviews in general it just that doesn't happen that's not where my creative instincts come from it's not how i really uh it's not how i discuss film a lot because i'm just not as comfortable as a writer as i am you know as someone who articulates their thoughts verbally um but i am writing a review currently for the batman um and just something for me because it's a film that like on the third time i'm just like yeah this this means something like it's not just like fucking awesome it's like it means something to me and so but but with dano it's just like the moment He's in the, uh, this is kind of spoilers, I guess. I don't know. Um, the, in the interrogation scene, when- Skip forward like, like a few seconds. Sure, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. The, uh, the movie's out, but not for long. It hasn't. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's not a scene that's consequential, so it should be fine. Um, Go see the fucking movie if you care. Right, Go see it. Right. I, think that's my, I think that's my take as well. Um, or like watch the like, cam rip if you don't want to leave your house. It's fine. There you go. There you go. Pirate it. Um, <laughs> if there's a there's, if there's a piano, if there's a uh, piano that comes comes down on the screen, don't click on it. Don't. Right. Right. <laughs> you don't. Cl- if the, if there's a if there's an ad that breaks up the movie with like advertising gambling, <laughs> click on it. You're gonna want to bet. <laughs> Take my advice. You're gonna make ten grand off of ten quid. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> but sorry, click continue. Of course. Um, and, but the moment, like, Batman's like, you're a psychopath, we're not the same. And he's, like, realizing. And then he starts to start screaming. He's like, ah, no, this isn't how it was supposed to. Like, he just goes, like, absolute ape shit. And I'm like, yeah, cool. This is great. But it's like, <laughs> I was just... him, and, like, him, like, screaming to, like, how it leads to him, like, verbalizing something. Like, he's, like, saying, this wasn't how it was supposed to go. And yeah, that's exactly like, what he does yeah yeah it's it. i'm i'm just like okay great perfect i don't care no one stopped me in pre-production like um i just i yes, i, 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 I to, to me it's not like a, a, a ruining problem because it's funny no and that's yeah, but i understand the criticisms I think I, I do, think it's the I do one agree performance with... is not on the film's wavelength. I think everyone. I else do agree is with doing Logan. Yeah. Something that fits. Um, 
but I'm double checking and I'm seeing here that if you do get a virus from the uh, gambling ads, then send your issues to at Logan Kenny one. Is that sound right? Uh, well, uh, but see if you make money from the gambling uh-huh. ads, you owe me 15% of the cut. So, uh, 25, yeah. 25%. Um, uh, I was I'm trying to lowball it to be here. fair, but thanks. Thanks. No, I'm going to be a hype man here. <laughs> I just, thanks, I just double checked and John Turturro's never been nominated for an Oscar. Is that crazy? Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's it doesn't like, make wow, sense. Yeah. Damn. Maybe yeah, the bat. No, I'm joking. It'd be funny though. If he got one for Carmine Falcone. Is he going to make really your good. five? Man, I think everyone's going to make my five. Yeah, I, it's, 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 I mean, it'll be there's still a law of the year left, but I feel yeah. like Kravitz could get two nominations for me for for Kimmy and the Batman. Yeah, like for, for sure. two I, I think I think Colin Farrell might get two nominations for lead and supporting for this year. <laughs> I just love. I just I my my the my favorite scene in the Batman is when 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 well not my favorite but the funniest bit is after uh he's getting called out in Spanish he goes U R L L he types in. And then he types types in like the fucking R L, and then he types in the fucking URL. It's so stupid. That's why. That's I what I love. My favorite line is, "Am I the only one who knows the difference between freaking L and freaking La?" It's just like it's. Oh man. No, it's it's, it's great. It's great. It's 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 so I I went in with like moderate expectations and just over the course of it, I was like, "Oh, this movie fucking rules." I'm so happy. This is good. I had the highest expectations and it it met them. Well, that's I'm well, I'm so happy for you. Uh, do, yeah. So, do we want to talk Logan, about though, the movie? Yeah, so. Do you want to talk oh, about yeah. Clay, 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 and Jack? Do you want to talk about movies you've seen recently before uh, you oh, ask me yeah. questions so, about my film all, journey or whatever? Of course, all all yeah, I've seen for, is that's the exactly Batman and do. Don't Look yeah. Up. Those are the two things I've seen, and Don't Look Up was very bad. Uh, but everything else, it's yeah, bad. It was, yeah. We've we already talked, talked about, about it, it a lot. Um, yeah, we yeah, talked about it uh, before recording, yeah. but it's uh, it's, a, it, it's a... uh, the only two people I will let me get her name right because I keep mispronouncing her fucking name. <laughs> I think just while you're doing that though, I, I think that it might be one of the. I mean, like I'm trying to like go quickly going through like, let's say like since 2017, I think it's my least favorite movie nominated for best picture. Like five no, since the five year five year mark. No, bow rap is way worse. Way worse. Yo. Or or at <laughs> the very, or I guess I su- or I suppose like sorry the yeah yeah I mean like they're on the sorry. same level I suppose but um. no bow rap is a crime against humanity like don't look up's bad but bow rap sucks. They're, they're both they're both on par for me. They're both the worst. They're the two worst. Yeah. Uh, well, I just checked. Sorry, I, I, this is completely unrelated, but uh, I just checked the Tottenham game, and we're winning 2-0. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Go. I'm go. sorry oh to gosh. put this yeah, on the no, podcast. Awesome. No. I could, I was trying to keep it down, but I let out an audible, yo, and I then I just started. I've I, done that I, before. I start. It's all good. So, like, no, I just, Clay, I was this just is like, what happens oh when God. the Wizards are, are playing. Yes, it is actually. No. There's... I'm sometimes on an Instagram chat with some friends, and when I know something crazy is about to happen, or it's gonna, or something crazy could happen, I said, "Just to let you guys know, I might scream in like five minutes." Yeah. Uh, so there was this thing. I was so uh, I'm, I'm I'm so sorry, but I need to tell this. Okay, so give me two minutes. No. Yeah. So I was on. At first, I thought uh, you were call. yelling bow rap, and I'm like, wait, what? Oh yeah, I I wrote I wrote like a five thousand word review, like going into everything I didn't like about bow rap. It was the most merciless thing I've ever <laughs> written. 
Uh, I stand by every single <laughs> word of it. Um, but uh, so I, I it was watching uh, football with, uh, I was watching it while I was on the phone with my, my friend Pedro. And it was Tottenham versus Manchester City, who are the best team in England. And we were winning 2-1. And then in the 90th minute, which is the last minute of regulation time in my football, uh, we conceded a penalty. Manchester City scored 2-2. I think the I am just so disappointed. I'm so grumpy. And then in the the we, there's a thing in football called additional time, added time, where it's like time that's been stopped and missed from like fouls or throw-ins gets added on to like the clock. And so it's the fifth minute of added time, and Tottenham's star striker Harry Kane scores a goal uh, to make it three-two. We win the game in the last minute of added time, and the sound I made. Uh, on the phone with Pedro, it sounded just so grotesque, grotesque that he thought like I'd like died, or like <laughs> I was like squealing like a pig. I was like going, cr- I ran through my whole house. I felt, I felt feral. I felt like a dog with rabies. Like I felt like I, I needed to scream. get put down. Yeah. Like you know, I, I, I felt you know the bet. Uh, in in Kanye's "I'm in it," where he goes, she came like ah, like that's what I was doing. I felt like I was like on Jesus, like that's that that was the <laughs> that was the feeling, um, and so that's how I get with football. Um, mm. uh, subscribe to my sports podcast, which is exclusively on <laughs> Substack. Uh, you'll get to hear me talking about four two three one Gegenpress. press. If anyone wants to hear, hey, about that was that. just a taste of the kind of content. Oh yeah, you want to hear about you want to hear about me throwing my phone at the wall because we lost the game of sports ball. Oh my god! Can't subscribe. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. No more football talk. Like and subscribe. <laughs> I, I apologize. Let's yeah. So what were you saying? Yeah, what was? Yeah, let's continue. Yeah, if you'd like to say anything else about the Batman or don't look up. Um, oh, don't look up. Oh yeah, man. All right. Uh, I mean, I'd rather so, not say any more about Don't Look Up. <laughs> don't Look Up. I, okay, I want to say two, two, just one thing, or I guess two things. The only innocent actors in that movie are Rob Morgan and Melanie Linsky. And that's because they only get nothing two. to do. You did. Well, that's no, why they're they get, innocent. They're get, they, they have scenes, all right? They have scenes. And that they doesn't mean they have things to do. <laughs> all right. You know what? I'm just trying to... You're trying to... I'm just trying to give them some credit, all right? That's all I'm trying to do. And I'm just saying, they are good in movie. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's it. Done. I, Bad I, movie. I, I, those two are good. That's uh, all Ry- Mark Rylance giving the worst performance I've ever seen in a movie, uh, which sucks. <laughs> That's not even hyper- hyperbole. It's not even hyperbole. No, it's, it's the, legitimately it's, it's the worst. It's pretty part. atrocious. Yeah, it's so 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 obviously offensive. Uh, I think we all agree that this is the first time Leo is bad. Uh, yeah, first time he's been actively really or at bad. Least, it's his fault. Or at least he's bad as an adult. I guess to be yeah. fair. Yeah, Since, yeah, like, but, he's he's really bad. Um, yeah, really bad for us. But anyway, Jack, he's what not have you been good watching? In Blood yeah, Diamond. Yeah, yes, really fast. Uh, Drugstore okay, Cowboy. But... I'm catching up on a few directors' filmographies. I know that's a really random pick, but it was excellent. Drugstore um, Cowboy is great. Gu- uh, Drugstore Cowboy is great. Um, Gus at this era is unbelievable. Uh, all the performances are great. It's just like really well told and like tragic. It, it feels like almost a rehearsal for what you'll see in private Idaho where, and I know how much that movie means to you. And you know, it's, yeah. it's so melancholic and just, yeah, it's great. Um, what, I love what, what? just like the color scheme and Dylan is 
so good. Oh man, yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah tremendous. Great, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when, we, when you start a spinoff podcast exiting through the nineties, uh, I'm gonna be on <laughs> that for Idaho. But uh, okay, Clay, to talk about way to uh, that is that is Kevin Tudor's job for a nineties podcast. Yeah, but... yeah. Uh, but Clay, uh, I think he's okay in Blood Diamond, but mostly because I think the voice is funny. Yeah, like it I is, just think the accent's is, really yeah. funny. To Are me, if someone's doing wig? a really is that the deal? If or, if, uh... if if we're doing a fu- if someone's doing a really funny accent in the movie and they commit to it, I tend to like the performance because I I laugh. Mm-hmm. It's why I like everyone in House s- of Gucci. Didn't you say that same thing about Matt Damon in Invictus, where you're like, I just like, <laughs> or I just like um... listening to the guy say things. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, like yeah. Invictus is definitely why, like okay. bottom tier Clint, but I enjoy that he made a Mandela <laughs> movie. Yeah. It's interesting. One more, one more thing, and then we'll get on to the actual movie. Because okay. the funny voices thing is, I agree with. You're making a funny voice. I'm, uh, you know, it's like it's it's captivating. I'm engrossed. What the fuck are you saying? This is interesting. <laughs> you put your ear closer to the screen. Yes. So people like love Tom Hardy's like fucking Brooklyn ass accent in the Venom movies. Of course, it's incredible. I love it. But so when stupid. people lost their fucking mind at Oscar Isaac doing a horrible British accent. I'm like, you fucking hyperbolic motherfuckers. You are hypocritical on that side, hyperbolic. You hypocrites. You, He's saying, please, sir, can I have some more? And you're like, oh, it's atrocious. It's bad. It's just because it's no. horrible. It's like, fuck you. That's a good, that's fun. That's fun. No, no. Fun. He, he he is showing the respect that uh, Disney Plus show deserves. And that's, that's what Everyone I'm, subscribe that's to Clay's Substack on uh, uh, Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight might be good. I don't know. I will, I will, I will watch Moon Knight because I want to see Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke get yeah. paid. They got, they got, they got the like, bag. I, I just found that so infuriating. I'm just like, oh, you guys compliment all these actors about all the, you know, like, oh, they're doing a stupid accent, but he's like, you know, every time I go, I fall asleep, I wake up with nightmares, and I'm it's the, just like, I'm the fucking Moon Knight. Like, I'm yeah. the Moon Knight. <laughs> I don't know who the Moon King is. <laughs> My waking life is like dreams, or whatever the fuck he says. It's perfect. How do you not but like that? When, Come on. When they when they told me about the Knights of the Round Table, I didn't expect the table to be the fucking moon. <laughs> dreams. I have all these dreams. These nightmares and dreams. I'm living in them. It's just... Uh, oh I don't know. Goodness. It's like, what do you want, bro? Come on. This is great. Wait, fuck you. But- the twist of the twist of Moon Knight is that it's actually in the same universe as Wallace and Gromit at Grand Day Out, and the moon is made of cheese. Perfect. 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 Right. Uh, I, I this is I is this like a norm? I, I is it is it always this riff based or is this my fault? Mostly you, but it's all out of <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, don't apologize. It's what makes it great. It's what makes us love you as as a person. I but just it is, can't help I'm it. Gonna, I just can't help it. I love to riff. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I love you. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yes, it is a lot of you. I'm just I'm gonna be. So, I love you, but it is you for sure. This is like a, it's like a normal, straightforward professional podcast as like real film critics Ooh. come on, and then I come on, and I'm like, yo. The fucking Moon Knight's out. <laughs> like, I and when, to be fair, I'm the one who brought that up. So yeah, but I, I committed to it harder. 
And I, it's why, again, I appreciate your essence and your Who is and isn't the enabler point. doesn't matter. Let's just, you know, I, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to know from you. Like, I think we should just, um, uh, yeah. How did you get into film? I'm just like, um, I've, I've just so, never, we never really talked about it. So, okay. So December, 2010, uh, <laughs> there's a screening the of Tron. There's a screening of Tron Legacy uh, at the Glasgow Science Centre IMAX Theatre. And my parents are going with two of their old friends. And I hear that they're going and I immediately get desperate to come with them. I am like nine years old. I'm I'm undiagnosed autistic. I do not realize that they're going out for an adult night and not I'm not invited. But I basically beg my mom to let me go. She asked my dad and my dad's like, yeah, come love having you he's just like he just is like yeah sure and she's just like and my mom, i feel like my mom was clearly like i need a break from this really loud annoying kid that i love but now i'm stuck with them to see tron legacy and so i'm walking in and i'm talking to all these adults and i'm going to see tron legacy to be clear i have no idea what the movie really is about i just think the name tron is cool i said in the theater i know nothing about the movie my mind fucking explodes i'm nine years old i've never seen images like this i've never heard sounds like this my fucking brain's expanding before my eyes, you know? I leave the theater and I've never felt that way before. You know, I feel like I felt mm. like sh- the goosebumps down my down my arms and up my spine. And I just felt this, like, immense fixation on why did I feel that way? What was it about yeah. that that made me feel that way? And then I, I, I had a, Who like, Who is this iPod. man, Joseph Kornofsky? Kaczynski! Kaczynski, oh. fucker! His name is Joseph Kaczynski! <laughs> He's the director of Oblivion. You don't shit on the director of Oblivion. Um, but no, yeah. uh, so it's... It, it, you come to my house, you get my wife's name right. It's Kaczynski. Um, sorry. But no, um, I... Another I, I call, other guy's I, I call reference. Well, I, nope, nope, we exactly. gotta pause. We gotta pause. That was a reference to the other guys, <laughs> and I greatly appreciate it. Alright, move on. All, all I do is reference the other guys. Um... No, but so I, I saw I saw Tron Legacy and I, I, I was trans, transfixed by it completely. And um, I got the soundtrack on my iPod Nano and I listened to it constantly. And there was, I got it, as soon, I never got to see it again in theaters, but I got to see it on DVD as soon as it came out. And I watched it on loop for about a week. I didn't watch anything else. And it just it kept making me feel that mm-hmm. way. And then uh, I Did was expanding. You hadn't seen the first one? I only saw the first one like in like 2017. I only see, uh, it was years later mm-hmm. that I saw the first one. Um, but no, I, and I watched, yeah. uh, and the first one's great. It's just incomprehensible. The plot makes absolutely no sense. They clearly wrote it in like five minutes. It's awesome. Um, yeah, but like uh, I think it's like in an era of Disney live action where it's like the, it was a bit like aimless. But yeah, no, it's super silly. Like just a just a just it's it's great. I really like it. Um, but. Um, so I was watching, uh, I was watching on loop, and then I loved going to like HFV, which is a big film chain in the UK. It still exists, but it's not not as big. And this is a very unfortunate gateway into like adult cinema. But my mom, I had a copy of, uh, I picked up a DVD copy of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's movie Faster, and I was like, I want to mm. buy this. And my mom was like, No, uh, you should get this movie. And it was the Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale starring David O. Russell directed The Fighter. Um, yes yeah which i watched i mean and it was the first came out around the same time as Trump. yeah no it was around the same time so it was like 2011 yeah. i was it was like 10 years old and yeah. i watched the fighter and i was like i feel like an adult 
watching this. Mm. And I like yeah. that feeling of feeling like an adult and like feeling mature enough. Um, and I had like, like I had like a casual interest in movies from, from a very young age. And I had like this big 1001 movies book, you know, already, yeah, but same. I hadn't like actively devoted myself to going through them. The fighter was like the big one where I'm like, I need to start watching a bunch of shit. Um, mm-hmm. and then I showed it to my parents and they were weird. They, they were very proud of me for watching a movie that was about like addiction. They weren't mad that I was watching mm. it. They were proud of my maturity that I was able to watch it and like it. And so they encouraged mm. me to continue watching like adult stuff. And so like I then I like got into like I watched like the Shawshank Redemption, which was an all time favorite. Mulholland Drive, I watched at a really young age and became a really formative movie for me. Like just movies that I read about and sounded really interesting. And then that just kind of pivoted until like when I was twelve and my mom just said, We'll just start taking you to the theater all the time. Because you, it's clearly an interest, mm. and so she's. We started taking me to movies, uh, and in the UK, it's like strict age things. It's like uh, like 12, 15, 18. So if it's twelve, you can go in with a parent or guardian. If it's fifteen, you have to be fifteen or older, and if it's eighteen, you have to be eighteen or older. So you couldn't go see fifteen rated movies if you were not fifteen. But my mom was like, "Fuck it, we'll just take you and we'll lie about your age," which was always mm. really cool for. Her. So I saw it. So 2013, late 2013 was when it started. I saw Anchorman 2 and American Hustle were my first two 15s. And in 2014, that was the year that I got really into contemporary cinema hugely because I got to see tons of stuff. Uh, Under the Skin mm-hmm. was a really big formative movie for art house cinema. I saw that in a theater at mm. like 12 years old. I saw Under the Skin when I was and 12 also, years old in a theater. And I wonder if it was like a Scot- Scottish movie. If it's yeah, no, it's huge. Yeah, because it was filmed in Glasgow. So it, it was, it was yeah. huge. Sold yeah. out screenings. It was a big deal. Yeah. Like in a multiplex. Yeah. I played in the multiplex in glasgow right um so and i saw it there and i and the second half of under the skin because i didn't i didn't really get the first half and first viewing the second half i felt my brain expand like i just i couldn't process <laughs> what i was seeing but i was magnet i was i was mesmerized by it and then uh I, I was watching movies constantly and i started going to like a local art house theater and i saw a big formative early art house movie for me was kelly reichardt's night moves so i'm not that, that's not really yeah, a traditional yeah. art house but it's a smaller film and that's what it really got me into it and then uh in 2015, the movie that made me want to be like, because I'd always loved writing, but the movie, the movie that made me want to do, should I write about movies, was Magic Mike XXL, because yeah. it made, because I watched it, and the stuff in Rome's club, like the way the needle drops were used, the way the lighting was, the kind of like, the sense of like, so much time that has passed that you've never seen any glimpses of, it made me feel something in my soul that reminded me of Tron Legacy in that yeah, i could not sure. explain why i feel this emotion i don't know That's why really cool. this has its fingers in me i know and now I'm, I'm at a point where i'm like i was 13 turning 14 and i'm like i'm at this point where i'm like i want to try and articulate why i want to try and figure out why am i feeling this way what is it about tron legacy what is it about magic mike xxl what is it about these movies that aren't just like really skillfully made and have great performances and well right good writing and great cinematography but what about their construction and their emotion hit me on a level that I can't articulate? How do I mm-hmm. articulate it? And so it's been that and pursuit. Which... That's why I started writing film criticism was to try and figure yeah. out why I feel the way I do about stuff. It was very Did you know it was a possibility? Experience. Like, oh, I know people write about movies. I knew people wrote about like, movies because, like, yeah. I, yeah, I knew about. Yeah. I, but I never thought that I. Uh, I never thought that I would be doing it professionally ever i just thought it would be like a silly little thing like my uncle helped yeah. me start like yeah. a little stupid blog that i posted some reviews on i have no idea what it was called i have no idea how to find it but it might still be on the internet 
So you may have a way to find me reviewing Pixels, which I did not care for. Um, <laughs> but no, I saw and like I I I guess I had like oscillated on like doing like little write ups because I like I watched like a lot of the YouTube movie people like like Chris Stuckman and Jeremy Johns and yeah. stuff like that. I lost a lot of them. I think that's like, the all, that's also no podcast yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. was like a big thing, and I wanted to like <laughs> so I like tested out like little capsules, but I never took it seriously. This was the point when I, I think that anyone who like had those folks as like a gateway should be eligible for like financial compensation um, yeah i think we need some some support <laughs> you know it took I mean? me, yeah. to me i got out of it um, fairly quickly because i got into yeah. like more severe our house stuff pretty quickly um, yeah for sure but no um I, I, and also I if anyone to... finds that that film blog that logan's talking about make sure to tweet it and at greg underscore ht if that's possible yes for... yes, <laughs> yes dude, absolutely yeah. definitely do that um <laughs> but no it was like this kind of thing of like i wanted to I got out of that loop pretty early and I got like a real head start with movies because I had a lot of support from my family, which was because like, it was before I was diagnosed as autistic, but they could tell that I was not like most kids. And this was just the thing I wanted to do. And it's just been my, mm. it's been a constant, I've had like little hyperfixations constantly and there's like a ton of things I'm interested in, but movies has always been the thing I'm being the most interested in. The thing I know the most about the thing that I feel that I never feel more comfortable in a place than when I'm in a movie theater that I'm really comfortable in seeing something really good. Uh, and yeah. so like, and then like, I, I can't, and then like I discovered Letterboxd like pretty shortly after I saw Magic Mike XXL and it took me a few months to start like doing little reviews. And then it got to the point where I was just doing those and I wasn't doing blogs. I was just doing like little things. And then in like uh, late 2018, I got a DM from Andrew Swafford, who's the editor of Cinematary, which I've done a lot of work for. And he said, I've seen some of your letterbox stuff. Would you like to try out writing for our site? He's like, we can't pay you very much, but we can like, you can have like a platform to write. And he gave me like some crucial editing notes. And I wrote my first ever professional review was on Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built. Um, oh my God. Which was a very raw start. Um, and I, I used like a lot of my knowledge and my experience from doing letterbox reviews for years. And I, I, I honestly think it's a pretty good first professional review. I still think it's a pretty good review. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to, start, I, mean, I mean, obviously, there's a lot to dig into. There's, you built yeah, that and it was a good one. And then I wrote it well. Yeah, and then I, then it was like Welcome to Marwin right after, which was a similarly complicated movie oh my to God. write about. And then like I wrote like Welcome to Marwin, The Mule, and Bohemian Rhapsody reviews pretty close together. Those are all like yeah, I think those are all pretty... December twenty eighteen. Yeah, it's December twenty eighteen, January twenty nineteen, yeah. like wide stuff like yeah. that. That was all of it. Yeah, and so I, that was my big part, and I was like, I can do this. And then by the yeah. end of twenty nineteen, and it really was it just I'd only been doing it for a year, but by the end of twenty eineteen, I was at London Film Festival as a pr- yeah. uh, accredited press and i got to see uncut gems early and a bunch of mm. and the irish oh, awesome. and stuff like that and it was and, like, I, and I know like experiences in my life yeah. it's like whatever to like i don't know like i tell you this sometimes and uh like we're we're pretty good friends that like i don't know it's it's like whatever to hear this like with with someone that that it's not like a stranger's complimenting you but your review of old is like pretty excellent and it's Oh, one of my favorite you. things I read last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Um, Thanks so much. But I no, really you, you, that. yeah, you've, you've really like, you've hit on something that it's just like I, like any great film writer can like articulate the same mm-hmm. idea but differently because that's what makes them unique and that's that's yeah. what like what you have to me. Yeah. Thank you. Like, um, to me, the re- the yeah. only reason I write about movies is to figure out myself. And that's why so many of my reviews are about myself because that's what I'm doing it for. 
But to me, that's what yeah. I want because I'll be watching movies whether I'm writing about them or not. I'll be watching movies whether anyone cares if I'm watching them or not. It's just the thing I'll always be doing, the thing I'll always want to be doing. And I love it. And I love movies and I love all kinds of movies. And I've seen thousands of them and I'll see thousands and thousands more. And I just, I love it. And to me, the idea of writing is always just to be like, I have something to say. I want to cover something because I want to figure out what I'm feeling. Or there is something gnawing in me that I have to get out into the world. And that's why I could, that's why I don't write too often because it's an exhausting process to do that. Um, and it was like, it's like, it's like, yeah. I could just do, and, I, and I, it depresses me to do more traditional reviews because I just don't feel like my heart's in it. And it, because to me, writing is such an intensely self-reflective process. Whereas if I'm just doing like just off the cuff stuff where I'm not really thinking about it and just doing it on instinct, I did a lot of stuff like that during the pandemic to get some extra money in and I hated it. It made me miserable. Um, and so I yeah, don't, for sure. I, I, no, I, I want to, I want to focus on writing stuff infrequently that resonates with me and that I have a reason of why I want to talk about it and like the last yeah. thing I wrote was my drive my car piece and I think that's the best thing I've ever written uh yeah and yeah it's I, really great um so like and I and I, I want to be doing work that like can resonate with someone for months and years after they've read the review I don't want, want to mean something, something. Yeah. yeah I want it to mean I, not to be like one of those dickheads about it but I, I, I don't want it to just be something you check to see like oh should I watch this or not I want it to be something that's like it helps you recontextualize the thing you've already seen or or makes you just feel a connection. Like I think I, I, I and I, I know like some people really don't like me uh, because I I'm annoying. <laughs> I get it. Wrong. Those people are <laughs> but, wrong. Like, You're thanks, fucking Clay. incredible. Those people are wrong. Thanks, Clay. Thanks, well, th- I, yeah. But yeah, I, no, I mean, but I, I would I just relate to you um, speaking mm-hmm. about. Uh, trying out film criticism as a way to express your thoughts and to share your thoughts with with other people online. Cause I know, you know, a, a publication that I shout out at the end of every episode that I still have a few of my first reviews uh, for new and older releases on that website. But I would, as, as I was like 1918 when that website first started, like similar to you that I was one of the first people to like pitch ideas to and, they would reply to me and like I just joined the team because of timing and that was like I was one of the first people to discover them and I would always overthink it I would always be like I have to jot down everything and I can't simplify it because what if I forget to do something or like I was too critical of myself and now it's just I'm treating it like I need to just like not I need to like spend 10 minutes on working on this and then do other things and then that'll like somehow cut down the stress on getting every idea out there. Cause then like, yeah. I don't think I'm, I think you're much better at it than I am. And you know, folks like you will just be like, no, I just need to like get it all out there and, and it, it will make sense. Um, but I guess, I, yeah, I, but I, 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 yeah, I can, I've related to that. I, I think the, to me, it took like, I, I, I'm not, the big thing and we can give the site a lot of shit, but I figured out so much of my writing kinks through letterboxd. Cause if you check shit, I wrote in 2016, it is awful. He's awful, but there is something in there. There's a potential in there. And I feel like over years and years, I have tapped into it. And I, not to sound like egotistical, but I think there are very few writers that write like I do in contemporary film criticism. No, I Uh, totally agree. So like, and that's the thing. And that's why I think it's interesting is like, I think I've built my own like thing of like, yeah, I know. Like I use a lot of run on sentences 
I make things about myself. No capital lot. letters. Yeah. No, on Letterboxd, I use capital letters professionally, but sometimes, right. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I get it. I get it. I do. I have my things. I have my little quirks, but like, I, I, I don't know. And I, I guess like, I, I guess like if people, people, everyone has a different idea of what they want film criticism to be. Yeah. They want it to be yeah. like exactly. fun conversation between friends, which is always wonderful. They want it to be like just strictly. And that's analytical. what makes Letterbox subjective. Is yeah. like you can use it for however you like. Um, yeah. And what makes what makes you choosing to make the lengthier essays so cool is just how personal they are. And you know, other people can make them impersonal, and that's just like yeah, what'll, that's what'll make that profile specific. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's a, to me, it's all about like commitment to craft. You know, my craft. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, my craft is. I view movies through a deeply personalized lens. Everything that I, I, I am always, to me, it's always about the feeling, about the emotion that it brings out of me. I'm willing to forgive technical hiccups if it resonates with me. There are a bunch of movies I like that aren't really that well shot or well craft, crafted, but they resonate with me on a level. And it's about trying or to. Or one could say why. not even real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um like uh, to me it's all about just being oh i just honest. meant like they they're uh they're also good but also just like oh they're good yeah. to me and no one else <laughs> yeah but that's the yeah. thing like i say it like yeah, there's yeah. like to me it's like it's just about honesty and like i'm aware that a lot of my taste is eccentric and, and idiosyncratic and i know people can just be like i know like i've seen a bunch of people just being like oh you're just pretending and i have like ideas of like people are like okay well this thing looks like hot garbage checks logan's letterbox four stars five stars and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> but it's it's fine because yeah. i'm having fun yeah. and i i i'm in a good place where i'm like film criticism became my job and i don't really want it to be my job forever i want it to be something that i do out of a need out of a need to mm. create have it be a portion of artistic expression and yeah to make money sometimes is nice but like i don't want it to be I don't think it's conducive to me doing full-time film criticism. I don't think that is what I want to do with my life because I think I would just be exhausted all the time. Um, and so that, that is the, but uh, if I can get, if you can guys can give me advice on how to be a full-time podcaster, uh, that would be cool. Can you guys uh, show me some tips? <laughs> well, I haven't been a full, <laughs> yeah, Jack's some full-time podcaster. I'm just a wayward soul who comes in once in a while. Uh you're the drifter. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I'm a drifter. Uh, I do want to say one thing though, uh, Logan. Um, I have had friends who have asked since they know I know you, and it's like, oh, does Logan really feel this way? Does he really like this movie, really? And I'm just like, yes, he does. <laughs> Literally, read any of his reviews, and they're like, sure, okay. And then they read your reviews, and they're like, oh no, I get it now. Yeah, no, he's just a really good writer, and he actually articulates Aww. his thoughts really well. And Thank it's just, you. and that's when I, t and when people just see your ratings and like the first time I saw your ratings, I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> um, and, but I basically, but yeah, you just read anything you write and you're like, oh no, this dude is like one of the most genuine, sincere people writing in film criticism right now. Like the, one of the most earnest, just totally un, uh, uh, totally, uh, what's the word? You're you, man, you're you. And you're just completely unabashedly you. And I don't, and I think a lot of criticism in general i think yeah. it's very sometimes hard to find that because people it's mm -hmm. like 
they want to fit into this box they want to be the next Ehrlich or whatever and it's just like it's fucking stupid and oh like, i don't know if anyone wants to be the next early <laughs> some people do oh some if you people do read yeah. anything yeah if you read a lot of fucking film criticism nowadays it's just like jesus christ like yeah. just write from your own point of view it's not i mean it, it, some people think it's like this impossible task it's like it's you just listen to i know mean, this is going to sound like the most cheesy fucking shit i've ever said but listen to your heart it's like you'll you have thoughts everyone has thoughts on things you have your own perspective just fucking listen uh, to it and you'll probably get something out of it hmm. yeah yeah thank thank you yeah. so much clay it really means a lot to hear that um but also the thing is about me and the, the what is is that it's just the way the reason why i am proud of my writing is because i spent a lot of time figuring out why i like feel the way i do and that's coming and because that was the priority of my film criticism to help me figure that out i've become very good at articulating my thoughts on things pretty instantaneously like i piece them together while i'm watching something like the, it becomes like a mm. puzzle in my mind and i have detailed thoughts and they adapt and change as the film progresses but it means as soon as something the movie's over as yeah. soon as the movie's over, I'm able to talk about it in detail, yeah. like immediately. And I know some people, are, but that is also because of the way my brain works, which is because I'm autistic. So it works in different ways than neurotypical people. But like, that's the thing is like, it, it, it is about like practice and channeling the fact that this is a very self-reflective process for me. So it's about articulating everything. And I've just gotten good after practice and after making it a priority for years, I can just do it about pretty much anything. I can talk detailed about it, pretty much anything. And have like, and I have a really good memory too. Not to rub it in, but like, mm. I have like a really good memory. My memory's strong, um, which anyone at uh, our weekly cinephile game nights will sadly be aware of. That I have a really good memory. Clay's still mad at me maybe for one just thing. Jay fucking yeah. Washington, you motherfucker! Every I should have let you. I ha- I I, re- I should have let you have it. I should have just let you have it. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the first person and maybe the entirety of existence to get one over on you, but fuck, you just had no, people to have gotten fuck me. Jay Washington. You, people have yeah, gotten people, I, yeah. But I should have gotten you. It was you'll me. Get, no. You'll get me. Well, uh, next time you, we're both on, we'll make sure that the order has you mm. in front of me so you'll have another mm. shot to kill me. I, I just, I, some. it was funny, someone said, uh, we, were t- uh, we had the game last night and I was just talking about how it's weird i haven't seen space jam 2 with how obsessed i am with basketball and they're like well now we know that if anyone gives you that movie the next person's fucked and i'm like good point <laughs> i haven't space seen that movie yet. i know every single basketball player who's in that movie and i can definitely and so you better fucking watch out hmm. yeah uh well not now now we have to make sure let's not say don Cheadle's name in next week's cinephile game night <laughs> you better be worried let's well, not say um, but yeah no uh yeah sorry jack continue yeah i was just yeah and it's like it benefits you that not only do you have a strong memory but strong competitiveness where it's just like oh that's a deadly combo oh yeah no i hate i i i i i i, I hate losing <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like losing. <laughs> it's annoying. I've gotten better. I've gotten better at being more lax about it, but I still really don't like losing. It's true. Yeah. I like and at least you know you're you you know that you have blind spots and you're like aware that like okay if it gets like pre- yeah no if we go if we go to like pre nineteen forty it's like pre nineteen forty I could like forties to eighties okay, I, I can deal with that. it but I, there's less knowledge but pre code stuff fucking no <laughs> yeah yeah um for sure. 
I, I I do still have that memory of one time we were playing, I think it was either movie actor or filmography, and you were playing FIFA at the time, and it was your turn. You're like, I'm so focused on right now. I'm about to win the championship. Uh, I'm done. I lost. <laughs> no, like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, okay. I remember this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, like, I can't pause yeah. right now. I gotta finish it. Yeah. No, I was on penalty shootout, and it was David Lynch directory. And I was like, oh, was it? Yeah. It was like yeah. the last stretch. Like I'd be naming like the musicians and like part ten of the return and shit. But I, I, at that point, I was like, no, my competitiveness for to win Scotland the World Cup on the hardest difficulty in FIFA on penalties is more important than this game. Uh, I remember so I like up. when I was late to that one, and I was like, half my turns were like, have we named this person? Have we named this person? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's it's uh, okay. Uh, I, yeah. I I just love being competitive, but for sure, I, yeah. I've tried to just be like it's for fun with friends. I it's okay if I lose. <laughs> so I've gone. But then back. once we I, get into it, you're like, oh wait, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm just like sometimes I have to consider like sometimes I'm like, do I just throw this instead of saying this name? <laughs> and I'm like, no, that would be dishonest of me. I have to keep going. <laughs> I have to have my word. Washington. <laughs> Jake fucking Washington. I'll throw I'll throw okay. one for you, Clay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. That's not. No, don't do that. Oh, I'm not that. I, I feel like Clay. I'm not. I'm not. That I feel like bad. I need to. Um, something tells me I need to look over my shoulder. Um, coming up with like the Garrett Dillhunt thing last night. Um, you know. Oh yeah, he fucking got me on Garrett. I was so we were doing Zack Snyder. Um, film it was a directory, right? Um, and, and yeah, was, yeah, it's where fucking... you name every actor that's worked with a director. Right, I was gonna name Garrett Dillahunt, and I was like, okay, it's Garrett. I for- he's an army of he's army of the dead. He plays the bad guy. I can't think of his name, and then I went with someone else. And then Jack's like, hmm, I get some- uh, you know, he might get mentioned, and I'm like, oh, you motherfucker! I'll take and that. On his yeah. <laughs> turn, he says the fucking name, and I almost lost my shit. I was so mad because I'm like, I love him. Um, I don't think I that's fucking- an almost. I don't he's think he's in burn notice. He's in. Burn Notice, and I watched Burn Notice when he's I was fear the, 12 years he's old. He's in Fear the Walking Dead. Do you not watch Fear <laughs> the Walking Simon, Dead? Clay? I know his character's name on Burn Notice. Who the fuck knows that, huh? I do. I do. Me and Jeffrey Donovan, mm-hmm. those are the only two people. <laughs> I don't even know if the, Jeffrey Donovan does. <laughs> no, he probably doesn't, no. Yeah. Okay. What, what, is I love Burn this. Notice like um, Bones? <laughs> ye, ye, no, yes. I mean... Yes, no. Yes, no. <laughs> I don't know. Is it like Californication? Else? It kind of it's seems like, like the, the CIA energy. bones or whatever. Is it, I guess. Is it like, it's like, so, no, it's like MacGyver CIA in Florida. That's how I would put it. Okay. That sounds like your kind of vibe. Um, USA, baby. But no, is, yeah. yeah. Not the country, the channel. Let me, let me be clear. I'm not a nationalist. I mean, US, <laughs> is, is I mean it, USA channel. Is it, is yeah, tell that to the bald notes. eagle behind you and the uh, the American flag that's you're wearing it, actually. All right. All right. But, uh, I can't believe okay, let's throw on our headphones. Uh, yeah, let, we're an hour into this. Let's. <laughs> seems like oh, a good warm-up to uh, start DJing. Um, <laughs> no, it's truly okay. This is great. Um you know, I, I suppose maybe Clay and I can go first with our first exposures. Yeah. Study halls, SATs, liberal arts, student loans, layoffs, bailouts, broken dreams. This is not our future. 
Things are different for us. You can invent an app, start a blog, sell things online. My friends and I, we promote parties. Bring your friends, bring all your friends. If they look like you, bring them all. But if you're a DJ, all you need is a laptop, some talent, and one track. That track is your ticket to everything. That guy right there? See that handsome man right there? He's DJing. I'm DJing. It's just a side room, though. Can you play Drunk in Love? Absolutely not. I just read about this guy, right, who invented Instagram. He sold it for $400 million. Now, he was 26 years old. You guys want to make real money. You want to live and die in the valley. We got to get out of here. Hey, you know, this party's looking a little stiff. So what are you saying? I mean, they amp it up? I mean, you can try. It's the DJ's job to get the crowd out of their heads and into their bodies. I like to start them off at about 125 beats per minute. Once you've locked onto their heart rate, you start bringing them up, song by song. 128 beats per minute, that's the magic number. You were good out there. You really know how to work a crowd. Play me something. I'm just gonna skip ahead. Whenever you guys are ready to start making some real loot, you need to holler at me. If you think I'm going to work for that guy, you're out of your mind. This is our future. No. I mean, Cole, are we ever gonna be better than this? James thinks you're really talented. Any successful artist, they have this moment where they stop being an admirer and they find their signature. Sounds have soul. Build them from scratch. Find new ones. Get your head out of that laptop and start listening to what the real world is trying to tell you. We don't need them. We've got our own thing. It doesn't work like that. We're not going to be millionaires. It is not going to happen. What happened to loyalty? What, I'm not loyal now? Everybody is responsible for themselves. You got that. If you have a dream, and it's made of everything that's made you, hardship, friendship, so much love, that's your ticket to everything. This is my future. This is going to be the best, the best, best night of your life. What's up? I'm Cole Carter. We are your yeah, Cole please. <laughs> I watched it last night, and that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same here. This is my first time seeing it. That I remember this quite well coming out in summer 2015. That 2015, I've, I've said a few times that I think specifically talking about it in our Fantastic Four episode. It was such a formative year, similar to what you were talking about with um, Magic Mike XXL. Um, the summer kind of is like my first time paying attention to what was coming out and like box office and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And this was like a directorial debut from the Catfish guy and, you know, Zach Efron I knew from like the Disney Channel. But since like it was one of those, I mean, I still don't really see that many summer movies. Um, but this summer I never, I only like paid attention to the lineup. I never really went and saw everything actively. And I only remember this like coming and going and it's like, oh, that's weird. I, <laughs> I remember seeing the poster, but just like no, none of my friends saw it or um, yeah. And it's just always like been existing. It hadn't like made any footprint, but now seeing this, it, it, it kind of shares 
some ideas on its mind, similar to a few other movies that came out this summer, like Magic Mike XXL, Magic XXL or yeah. the first Magic Mike. Yeah. Um, um, or 99 Homes is another that I thought of. That's a good one. That's good one. A that was one of those trailers where I'm just like, oh, A24. Okay. All right. Some serious actors. Is it A24? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's early A24. Yeah. I think it's, I think it is. I think it's one of the other ones. Michael Shannon. Hmm. I don't know. I've never seen that movie, but I weirdly, I don't know. I feel like someone, hey, what's an A24 movie? Like 99 Homes. Um, Yeah, it seems all right. Uh, They think my only (laughs) real thing. I remember liking it. Yeah. My only real thing with fucking We Are Your Friends is one. I've always found it to be a weird title. I've always been like, we are your friends. <laughs> yeah, and they don't yourself, even like buddy. say it all that much where it's just no. like a lot of the party promotion is, is like it coming from really like, okay, I trust sense. you. But, um, like, we are your friends? Like, okay, sure. Um, we like, I, I interpret it as like, we are the we are the people that will get you into a party that's like exclusive, right? And it's oh, like, yeah. we're... Yeah, no, yeah, because they're the, they're the guys, like, because their entire thing is building on like that personal relationship with people, even yeah. if they're just talking to them. It's like promotion. Like we're your yeah, we're yeah, your yeah, friends, yeah. guys. Come on, come with us. You're gonna see but us. That's we're gonna not hang a out. Big part so. of the move. Okay, fine. Sure. It's like well, no, no, I, I acknowledge it. Well, it's not like used that much, but I see what they're going for. Yeah, but but the thing is, it's like it's it's like, but you can you can kind of represent. It's like you could also be like Emily Ratajkowski and Wes Bentley. We are your friends to Efron when they're just mm. using him for another right. purpose. With sure, Efron and Ratchowski, right. it becomes more complicated as it goes on, obviously. Right. But they're definitely everyone is using each other in a sense throughout a lot of that movie. Um, uh, but also, what you would you me? call it otherwise? Uh, DJ no, Cole Carter. Uh, that that's actually, a good title. That was, you, that, mm-hmm. was, that, was that was the title. Trash yeah. DJ. It was also and I guess like in the Valley in 2015, like what is friendship? I mean, you know, to get like really deep with it, what does friendship even mean? You could have. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> You could have called it 120 beats per minute. I do want to say the one thing that I, for some reason, was so confident in going into watching this. I'm like, oh, this person has to be in this movie. I remember them so well in the marketing material. They are in this movie. There's no question about it. Miles Teller. For some reason, I was so sure Miles Teller was in this movie. Did you confuse him with the main guy from the the friend group with the shaved head? Maybe, or like, there's another show, or there's another movie about him with a bunch of buddies in LA. Twenty one and like over. That. that was a couple years before, though. Yeah, I was I was thinking about twenty one and over too. That's the first thing that comes to mind with Miles. Yeah, Miles Taylor, good actor. Maybe. Unfortunately, did he ever work <laughs> with Efron? That might be the ticket. Um, it would make sense, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, the It'd awkward be moment. Sick. It's the yeah, that the, oh, moment. Yeah, oh, yeah! yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that movie. It's not very good. No. It's not terrible, but it's just not. It's got nothing really to offer. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. That Isn't that January next year? January, oh, no, just, no, just the year before. Yeah. Year before, year before. Yeah. Yeah. I, saw it in, I saw it in theaters. One of the first, again, one of the first movies rated 15 I saw in theaters, and I was like, huh. Okay. I could play that one with a boat last their boat last night remake, which came out at similar times, and the boat last night was a lot better with Kevin Hart and Regina mm-hmm. Hall and Michael Ely of all people in that movie. Michael Ely. Hey, not, what's, whoa, 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 what's wrong with look, Michael Ely? Michael Michael Ely should not be a, he should not be a romantic lead ever. That dude should be a villain. Like Michael have Ely you, should be the perfect guy forever. Have you do you remember his role in Margaret? Oh, yeah, like I do remember. Warrior. 
Yeah. Yeah. I lo- great performance. Everyone's I know. I was so funny. We were on our Margaret episode of Charlie. I'm just like, is that fucking Michael Ely? Like, yeah. like I, like I, I'm like, oh, okay, Michael Ely. He's pretty good in this scene. It was just so random. I was like, right, my, my yeah, favorite, my favorite, it. my favorite random performance in Margaret is Kenneth Lonergan himself. Whenever he just comes yeah. on the phone, he's just like, guys, okay, come down in the background. I'm trying. To, do you really want to go? And he's like, the wife's nagging him about like the the stuff for the camping trip, and she's like, honey, I don't care. Just go pick it. And it's a very chill like, performance. Yeah. Yeah. His his direct his directing note to himself was shitty father. And he's like, right, I think I got it. <laughs> I, I got mm-hmm. this. I got this, King. I got this. Um uh, so you guys so you guys had not seen this movie at all then. So you just watched it because I've told you to. Yeah. You put you actually flew over to Portland and put a gun to my head while watching it, so that was rude of you, but yeah. It was Russian I made you play Russian roulette, yeah. I did. <laughs> Did you, do, did you do the laundry to make up for the piss pants that happened during Russian roulette? I, might, I, I mean, no, I just changed. I, I, laundry day is like another day, so I just changed. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I could get that. I'm, so, I'm sorry for ruining that's your That's so different. I feel for, bad about that. That's so weird. Logan that's came to Boston. You just like, went out to lunch. That's so different. Uh, we have a lot of air, airplane yeah. miles, me, don't you? Don't you have me, yeah. Miles? Me, me and Jack, we went for brunch. Uh, we, had some, <laughs> we, had some, we had some bruschetta. A uh, nice Italian. Some place. mimosas. Yeah, yeah. I had and, and then, like, at the very end, one. you're like, uh, like <laughs> at the very end, you're like, uh, I, I want to choose. We are your friends. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then it's just and like, I, I have I, to go to Portland. I gave, I gave you a bow, and Clay just, Clay just wasn't receptive to DJing. <laughs> so I had to make him. Yeah. No, what you did is like you played us a sample on your phone. It's just like I gotta skip through this. It's not morning music. Yeah. I, I play. I played the exact beat that Efron plays for Bentley, and Bentley just makes that. Okay, I gotta get a drink now. Like that's what I. That's what I did for Clay, and Clay was just not convinced. So. Yeah. You know, desperate times no, call for desperate measures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying um, is, if you don't want a gun to be put to your head and your pants to be pissed then you should go and watch "We Are Your Friends" uh, right now. But then on, I think, and I think they should put that on the Blu-ray case when they re-release it. If you don't oh. want a gun to your head and piss your pants, you should watch "We Are Your Friends." Look and Ken. Well, they would, except there was never a Blu-ray for this, except in America. Whoa! What? Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm gonna um, Blu-ray now. It was because Warner Brothers um, didn't have the uh, like they didn't it didn't make them enough money. Uh, so they only they just did not care about put it on, on DVD. Yeah, not, they did not care. Not, and, and, not. and like, I don't think this movie failed at the box office. It just didn't. Like, it did. Do, it didn't. Did not it do wasn't well. a. Su- it didn't. Yeah, it didn't do. Yeah, it wasn't a bomb. Is like what my thinking was when I looked at this. But why don't you go it ahead was, with the first time you saw it, this? It was, your first it was exposure. Bomb adjacent. Um. So yeah. I saw it in theaters, and For sure. I I thought it was going to be like Entourage. I just saw Entourage like a couple weeks before. <laughs> And I really fucking yeah. hated Honorage. I thought it was going to be like Honorage. And I watched it and I was like... Now, I think that was a bomb if I... Entourage I, ho- I fucking hope it was, because it should be. Yeah. It's fucking... <laughs> God, no. Awful. Um, But uh, I watched it and I saw it with my mom. And I was watching it and I was like, this has got some pretty nice editing. It's got some good pace to it. And I was having fun. But there was a part of my brain that was like... It was at that point where I was like, is fun enough? Do I? It, is it okay to like fun movies? Do not all movies have to be like really artistic and and 
tapping into the complexities of human emotion like it was around the same time it was like the it was just after but it was like a year like a year before i was having like an ex- existential debate in my head over what rating to give need for speed because i was like thinking well it's not a very good movie but i had a wonderful time but film criticism isn't that supposed to be more objective should i give it a two because it's 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 fun and now in 2022 i have it at like four stars or something because i had a fucking blast that's awesome um <laughs> Uh, but I was like, it was that kind of mindset where it was like a bunch of stuff and like that around that time period where I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be feeling as positively as I am feeling. Um, and then, then the third act of We Are Your Friends hit and I was like, oh fuck, this is just incredible. Uh, and I, I, I loved it <laughs> and I thought it was wonderful. Uh, I just, I loved it. And then I, I watched it a couple years later again. Uh, I believe the first rewatch since I saw it in theaters was with Greg in my old, my mom's place in outside of glasgow i believe that was the first time i'd watched it since and i was just like this is even better than i remember uh mm-hmm. and i've seen it a bunch of times seen it like five six maybe seven times um i the last time i watched it before recording this uh because i watched it uh this morning i don't think i logged it though i should do that after the movie <laughs> after the recording's over um mm-hmm. but before that i watched it with jillian because she'd never seen it and i showed it to jillian nice. and she loved it yeah uh, it was a great date movie it worked awesome. out really well um <laughs> but no uh i i love I jillian love i want you to meet um, the boys yeah yeah no it's important these are my guys these are my my these are the dogs <laughs> um uh, yeah. the thing the thing about uh this movie that has really that really stuck out to me at the time when i was watching in the theater and what has like lingered over time the last like almost seven years since it came out is like this like this is the movie that makes the most of efron's like just genuinely sad eyes he has this natural melancholy to him that kind of is persuasive it goes through his entire body and like the way he looks when he's sad he looks like a, like a sad puppy that's like scared like like clay's little doggy right there like um like that's that's what it, that's what he looks like. He looks like a, a dog that's scared and lost and confused and needs like a hug. And that that's the performance that he really gives. I don't think any film there's not been a film and there's plenty of films he's in that he's really really good in and plenty of performances I, he's given. I don't. Sure. I think that if there's something that sticks out immediately, if something that really miscalculates on how to use Efron. Uh, he plays fucking Ted Bundy. Like, where did that come from? That's uh, weird. He's he's kind of good in the but the movie's totally. Is he good totally in it? Wrong. Okay. He's, he's like, pretty good in it, yeah, but it's a totally... I mean, I get what they're going for, because, like, ostensibly, mm-hmm. like, Ted Bundy was a charming guy, and then it revealed that he was sure. like, a total yeah. serial killer. But he's really good in the yeah. chilling moments, too. But he's just a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, very strange casting decision on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing about yeah. We Are Your Friends is that what this movie gets is, like, it feels built around him, it feels, like, made for him, it feels like a role designed for him. I don't know if it was or not, but it feels that way. It feels like no one else could have inhabited this part in the way he's doing it. And it stuck with me in the best way of using his eyes, using his like natural like reaction faces of sadness. Um, mm-hmm. Also taking a lot of advantage of his great listener. Like he's got this like real charisma yeah. and charm. He's very engaging, very charismatic. And this is a movie like about a really charismatic, likable guy with a lot of good friends. Who's good with women, good with like good. He's like he's in a good place in life, but he wants to be in a better one. And mm-hmm, he doesn't know sure. how to reconcile with the fact that being in a better place means making sacrifices and doing things that are hard. And like, there's this kind of like, kind of, kind of persuasive regret through a lot of his performance, where he's just like, like, there's obviously the big line is, "Are we ever going to be better than this?" Which like plays throughout the whole third <laughs> act. But it's like, yeah. it's that's that's that kind of thing. Is he just wants to know, like, 
even if I perform at all these shows, am I going to be better than who I am right now? Am I? Is it going to be worth it to do all this shit? And I just think I think it's I, to me it's it's the performance that like because I I liked him from like I'd seen him like in glimpses, but like the thing that made me treat Efron really seriously as an actor and and create like a fan fandom between me and him like like he's involved between me and him like he's involved <laughs> but like, he, I, like, participates. I remember, he participates like, like he's an active role in it no but like it's created like a dynamic <laughs> where i'm like i will always want to see something he's in and i'll watch something even if it looks kind of bad because he's in it yeah. uh and yeah. it started from where are your friends because i just i was so immediately captivated and it did it reminded me of magic mike xxl and that it feels like a very vital movie for that time period it felt like a movie that could have only come out in 2015 and been about for sure it was like it's like I remember 2015 is like a, as a, a year before everything completely went wrong. Because um, mm. 2016 was the worst year of my life that wasn't 2020, um, and and I was like, like 2015 was a time period where it was like, this is bad, but there's still this like kind of summer in the air. Like that summer felt like a mm-hmm. good summer from memory yeah. it felt like a summer and i have a lot of fondness for it and i think that's the last time that like the summer movies that the, the, there was big ones sure but there were like big summer movies that were like just lovely and kind like the intern and we are your yes. friends and magic mike xxl they are all like I mean, in like, my brain like clay and i share this, you know? the same movie that really like transcended us in fury road i mean fury come on, road, like, that's, obviously like, that's another that's one some, I mean, like Fear Road's huge, like this wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh like hits every time. But it was like that kind of summer I, which just feels like a very colorful, very kind summer. If Efron is announced. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. If an if Efron is announced to be in Magic Mike like, the Last Dance, I'm like I will okay, I won't be surprised. I will simply explode. He would he would be perfect. Uh <laughs> because like I think he has the kind of similar similar like I think he I think Efron's a better actor than Matt Bomer. But I think Matt Bomer has a similar kind of melancholy because, like, Efron and Bomer are two of the most beautiful yeah. men on the planet. Like, Bomer is another just, like classically handsome. Like, where is he? Like, gorgeous in leading But roles. like, Bomer, Bo- Bo- Bomer is isn't the most versatile actor. Mm-hmm. He has a thing he's good at. But the thing he's really good at is that he is he's very handsome. He's charming. He's likable, and you still have this feeling of he is miserable. And I think XXL captures that he is just very sad and very yeah. distressed. And he's just not in a place of happiness. Like, he's not fulfilled with his life and his creativity. And he's frustrated. And yet he's having fun on this weekend because he's tapping into something that 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 makes him feel better. You know, he's getting that mm-hmm. art, like that, that fulfillment of art. And he, you, he got that momentary joy, but there's still this kind of lingering sadness underneath them. Which is, I think it's just a For thing sure. with just these, yeah. like, really classically handsome guys that are maybe not fulfilled with their lives or fulfilled with their journeys. At least that's what they convey on the screen. And I think Efron's a better and younger version of that. I think Efron, I would say Efron is less classically beautiful than Bomer. Like Efron's a, mm-hmm. a really fucking handsome guy, but like Bomer looks like a model, whereas Efron looks like yeah. just a really hot guy, you know, from down the street. That's the thing he does. That's, I mean, that's, that's always been kind of his persona. Yeah. That's why he's so, so good in Neighbors is that he kind of looks like a douche, like a frat guy, but like a really he looks like a guy. He looks um, like he's lo- he looks like a guy that you have seen somewhere, and you're like, wow, that guy is really handsome. But he looks like a real guy, whereas Matt Bomer looks like he was you've seen him on fucking billboards and, and magazines. Um, and so with Matt Bomer, 
the one performance I want to shout out from him where he doesn't use his face at all. It's mostly a vocal performance. Is him on Doom Patrol. Yes, I'm being very on brand here. As I will see Doom Patrol soon. I will he's see good. Doom he, Patrol. He's good. It's mostly a vocal performance. Yeah. He pops in like visually once in a while, but it's a hell of a like, cast with that show, too. Guy yeah. With... yeah, no, it's great. And he's great in it. And there's that sadness that you guys were talking about that he portrays perfectly. And it's like, and he, the yeah. character's not necessarily likable or charismatic, but it's just like pure misery in his voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like pure like depression. And it's like, it's really. You know what I it's... recently saw yesterday that Matt Bomer is joining is uh, Mastro, which is like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, I hope no. Cooper. Yeah, no, like, I saw that's why, that's why he's been on the mind. Because yeah. like, yeah. like, and especially because Matt Bomer is a gay man. Obviously, but there's yeah. a lot of stuff where his sexuality has never been like a big thing, and mm. so I'm excited to see, like, if if he will be if that sadness will come to the forefront of his of his performance when acting as his own sexuality. I'm wondering if that will happen. So I had uh, no idea he was gay, but in the and I'm sorry to shout out Doom Patrol again, but the a lot of the character is about him reckoning with never coming out when he was like with his wife, and like the character is like very mm-hmm. explicitly like, oh gay interesting and, like, trying yeah, to interesting. tackle. Like how, like how regretful he feels coming out. And it, sound, and it sounds like that is because like the the saddest of Magic Mike XXL is more of an undertone of that of his mm. performance in that. Whereas it sounds like it's explicit, like the forefront of Doom Patrol. He's so sad in it. He's so it's pure okay. sadness. So like, yeah, especially so that I, scene I with like uh, Boomer and Tatum on the beach and the and like the morning after yeah. their their crazy drive and yeah. Yeah, they've gone into like they've been beefing the, for the first act, yeah. But yeah, yeah like I don't yeah. know, like I, I just think that like to me, the thing about Efron is that like his entire thing is like fun. He makes fun movies. He's fun in them. But the, the there's just a look that he gives where you're just like fuck. Like <laughs> in the High School Musical movies, he has tons of those little moments where he's like he's the fun ringleader. He's the guy everyone loves. And there's just moments of just total like. He just looks off in the distance. And he just looks so fucking overwhelmed by everything, and it yeah. really, it's really affecting. Like little, like I think those movies work the way they do, and why why they got elevated beyond more rest of the Disney Channel stuff. Why they became yeah. the big thing, I think, is a big reason because of Efron, because he had that characteristic that meant that even like adults who are just watching it with their little girls are like, hold on a minute, this kid has something. Because he has this yeah. kind of like magnetism, and We Are Your Friends is a movie built around that, like that conflicting emotion. Like, yes, he's very fun. Yes, he's it looks like a great time to hang out with. But he is he is playing a character who is like in kind of constant existential despair, and he's doing he's doing the melancholy that's been the undercurrent of his career up to that point, and been a big part of it after, and making it at the forefront, which no one else has done. Give him a performance like. I just think it's it's, kinda... it's it's a it's an it's like it's a specific role designed for a specific actor to yes. maximize his strengths. He's never had one exactly like that again. It's my favorite performance of his because it's the one that most understands. This is how you can get him to do a bunch of things. You can get him to be Ted Bundy. You can get him to have a panini haircut with Harmony Kareen, which is wonderful <laughs> in the Beach Bum. You can get him to be like a basketballer who wants to be a, a musical theater kid as well, and he'll kill yeah. it. He'll be great. He'll be fucking wonderful. But as a as like a late millennial who is in constant fear of his own destiny, overwhelmed by the fact that every career choice he makes might take him further away from the person he is, but testing to feel like you'll remain stagnant if he just coasts off what he's doing right now and dealing with like the monumental shit of adulthood that comes with grief and with financial stress 
and with indecisiveness and romance and failure. And he's got and all morality. of it and, and morality. And he's just got to look at himself and just be like, fuck. And that's the performance. It's, it's like so many times you see actors that are like pushing beyond what they're, what they're good at. And that's great because you want to see actors like test themselves, but there is something so satisfying about seeing a role that is just meticulously perfect for one person for and sure. They kill it. And you it's can so see satisfying. Him and, him and uh, you can see that Max Joseph and Anna are like very in sync with like how they view the world. And like this character is so, yeah, you're totally correct that it's so perfect for Efron's strengths. I find it interesting that once the HSM movies take off in 2006, he's 20, he's like 21. Like he's way he's like way older than playing high schooler. Like he's our age, and yeah. um, I, and yeah, also and so he's, he's got that maturity to it. He's got the maturity to him. He's twenty one, and then, um, in this, he's like he's supposed to be playing a twenty three year old, but he's actually a few years older than that. And I think because he's constantly playing characters that are older than his actual age, I think that kind of gives him this disconnect. Uh, I mean, of course, this happens all the time. Still, it's like this works because he's like grappling with like where he is in life and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a difference between him and like the actors who are playing teenagers on like Euphoria. I yeah, feel like there's exactly. a different weight yeah. to him. Yeah, not to diss on it because I don't care enough to diss it publicly. Actually, but, I do um... care enough, and uh, you know, <laughs> actually, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> um, but I just think there's like there's so many times you see like Greg grown men playing like teenagers or like are playing a lot younger, and they're just like it feels like they're just playing. You, they just they just look too old for it. Yeah, because that's just um, hot. And, and, but that's the only thing that they're doing. That's the only thing that's evident about their performance. They do, mm-hmm. they look older than they need to be. Like mm-hmm. uh, and this doesn't Jacob feel like Lord. anything too like risque to be like mm-hmm. I'm done with Disney. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I no, just like, can't. yeah. He he's like 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 I mean like this is a less bold thing than doing Spring Breakers for sure. You know, like yeah. Vanessa Hudgens did, which I I. I obviously love Spring Breakers and I love Vanessa Hutchins in it. But like to me, Efron is just like, he's like, because like, I, I don't necessarily think it's a commentary on what Efron's own life journey was like. I don't think it's it's any way like being like, this is about leaving Disney or whatever. It's not, it, it's not a parallel to that by any means. I would exactly. Say. What yeah. I would say is I think that Efron relates to the feelings of what do I do now that I have to make my own decisions outside of this confine mm-hmm. of childhood? And his childhood was obviously correlated with like or his like key years were defined by being in like a disney bubble you know mm-hmm. like, and he kind of like takes that... a, a pretty like yeah and it's like defined from the disney bubble um and then once the hsm movies are done like you know he's in a nick sparks adaptation uh, like i'm just going through like the early half of the decade with like <laughs> it's a pretty significant role in the Paperboy. uh yeah, he tries that like that some is, spring breakers probably. Yeah, yeah like he's yeah, just yeah. trying to find his way in the world, you know, as an yeah. adult outside of like being a kid or being what you've mm-hmm. been known as. What do you do? And like, do you want to make the most right. money? Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Baywatch? And it's it's he's fun in it. I don't think yeah. the movie's very good, but he's fun in yeah. it. He has good chemistry with The Rock. Um, mm-hmm. But For no, sure. like I think that to, to me, it's not. I don't think it's a parallel with his life. I just think that he relates to the feelings that Cole Carter's going through. I agree. And that yeah. Cole Carter is built around his strengths as an actor, which mm-hmm. is to compete, compete, like, because, like, the best stuff in High School Musical is when Troy is just totally overwhelmed by the pressure that everyone is putting on him from all places, and he just kind of short circuits a little and doesn't know what he's doing. Like, a, a lot of two and three is just him being like, what the fuck are you making? Why? And just him being alone and being in despair 
And that is like a great barometer for his work in this, where like he is doing like a lot of party stuff and it looks fun. The parties aren't sad. He looks like he's having fun. But it's yeah. the stuff after where he's like, all right, I'm a little hungover and uh, my friends and I keep partying and what will this lead to? And obviously there's the, as the film goes on, partying has consequences, which just to kind of bring up, but that's that like a natural conclusion to the stuff he's already bringing up in his performance where yeah. he's like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this when I'm 30 or, you know, you, if I want to keep, if like, you know, yeah, that's, that's you kinda, the thing. You kind of feel like it's a sentiment that a lot of people share that are around Efron's age where it's like, I, I mean, like, and, and this kind of like can be taken the wrong way. I feel sometimes like I was born in the wrong generation and uh, with Cole, it's, it, it kind of does ring true where he's, where he's like, I don't know where I fit in. I'm trying to like calculate everything that 2015 with being a 20 something in 2015 means. I just don't know if I can participate, but I understand. Yeah. It. Yeah, that, that's the thing. What, what's really interesting is that it's like it's also about like the the conflict between like wanting artistic fulfillment and wanting the benefits of commerce and mm -hmm. financial sustainability. Yeah, you know, and like, and that's the thing. It's like, like, like I turned twenty one this year. You know, like, and so like I'm at like the right age just to be thinking, this is what I'm doing for art, but am I making it just to make money? Am I, if I, am I just doing things just for money? or am I doing it for fulfillment? And he is doing, he is like, his is not about the conflict between like commercializing art. His is about like, can I still, can I genuinely explore art and be like a beautiful producer if all I'm doing in my personal life is making people's lives worse? Because he and looks like, at James and he's like, do I want to end up like this piece of shit? This, do and I, I like, want to be a guy who just know. does it for sponsorship deals and doesn't care about anyone? And kind of, kind of like makes you think: Did James ever have a call to to warn him about how art can dilute your love of like what you make it? It's a little bit like of the Star is Born thing that we discussed, yeah. Where, where it's like the divide between the love of well, it and the actual capitalism of it. That's the thing. It's like because it's about that, and it's also about like his role of reckoning with like when he's like doing the financial like the house stuff the mortgages and mm -hmm. it's something we'll get into in a little bit but like i think it's just like a great oh, no worries we have two hours set aside for yeah yeah, yeah no we worries. have we have the we have the we have there's so much to his character and to his dilemma in the film because like he has to like especially i think a lot of artists have the conflict of what can i say that hasn't already been said mm -hmm. what can i do that someone else hasn't already done how do I explore what it means like to be me in a world where it's just so easy to hop on trends and to do things and not to sound like, because like, not to sound like this, like, all kids these days just doing all their <laughs> Vine and TikToks and their Snapchats and whatever, you know, like that's the thing that like you'd hear like guys around that time be like saying the shit like that. It's like getting, just following trends. But I think it's fair to say is like, a lot of the movie is about him trying to find his own artistic identity because he knows he has a, a talent for it, but he doesn't have anything tangible to, to latch onto. He doesn't convey himself and his music until he learns about life, until he learns about what is the pain of it. Because the, there's that moment when like, the dogs are at, at their first low point and they're all like, you know what that guy who founded Instagram uh, did when when it was sold for like twenty six million dollars or whatever, and and it's just like yeah, I guess like if they're gonna bring up that kind of um, tech business mogul, then they're just gonna 
find something that no one else has really thought of yet and then just sell it and just live in their life of money and just be lonely because Instagram is in someone who has more capable hands. And it's just like, is that what this is all for? That's what they, that's what they're looking yeah. for, yeah. Right. And that's they're that, looking for like, Instagram like, to sell because yeah. for so so much of the movie is Cole looking up to James, despite the fact that James is a fucking alcoholic who hates his life and hates his job. He's still looking up to him because he has status, he has class, he has the identifying features of what it means to be a success in a hyper capitalistic like 2015 California. You know, like mm-hmm. that's what that's what he's looking for, and like. He's like pursuing like the job with the realtor with John Bernthal, who is so fucking beast in this movie as well. <laughs> what a kid, John Bernthal in the in my notes, just I just have up, killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just comes up. In my him. notes, I have Bernthal in I think three or four exclamation points. <laughs> yeah, Bernthal, Bernthal rocked up in Wolf of Wall Street. He rocked up in We Are Your Friends. Yeah, and just killed it, killed it completely. Then he leaves, and when he's gone, you're like, oh man, I wish John Bernthal was here. Yeah, like, seriously. What, what man? Presence. But like, yeah. But like, I just, I think, I think, just like him. I think the the the, the one of the best decisions in We Are Your Friends is forcing, uh, forcing Cole to reckon with the actual like weight of consequences that comes from trying to exist in a world where all you think about is making the most money. What mm-hmm. happens when your pursuit of making the most money genuinely, tangibly affects people? Yeah. In your life, and there, and uh, even like, and actually hurts them. And, like, I think it's a really bold choice because he could have just easily made Cole just be, like, a party boy who wants to be a DJ and he just aims around and does, like, all his party business stuff. But no, they're, that like, scene, no, this... like, it, like, with Alicia Coppola and, it, and it's just, you you start to understand, like, Cole has a heart and he's just oh, not yeah. cut out for the uh, the business that Bernthal is trying he, to wait, drag him wait, down. Wait, 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 wait. Related to other Coppola? No, I checked. No. Okay. Just... Because there are a lot of those yeah. running around, and I'm always just there. Like, are yeah, yeah. Francis was fucking, like, <laughs> but Francis fucking. Cool. Um, um, excuse me, more like, like Nick- Paul was fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take um, it back a but, step. But yeah, uh, so to me, the the interesting the interesting thing about that is like it shows like the natural development of like those party boys, like those ambitious hustlers, is like a pivot into like hyper capitalism, like true selfishness it's not like it starts off just being like we're trying to make a buck on instagram or make a buck through parties and that turns into we will we will sell people lies to steal things from them and it correlates the journey of like these like kind of like aspiring entrepreneurs and correlates them with like yeah these people that are so business-minded they will not care about what lies they spend and it can be it can turn from something harmless to something genuinely harmful to so many people and they won't care because they're making a buck from it. You For know? sure. It's honestly, think, like, it's honestly... In... Hmm? Yeah, uh, you know, it's like in 2015, this was also the height of, or just as Silicon Valley was starting. And I think in that show, like, that kind of has the opposite idea. I thought of it a little bit that anyone can sell an idea. And it's like ideas where people are trying to buy in this era. Um, and it's not so much like tangible things anymore. Um I think that's what Cole understands, and that's what he's trying to like teach his friends that people just don't want the Burnthals of the world running around and trying to like swindle them because it's like I like that the movie has the anxiety of like the housing crisis on its mind, um, but yeah. trying to reckon with this new world of professionalism that um, Wes Bentley like never figured that he that James thinks that he's above. 
Um, but. Yeah, to me, to me, something that I just thought of there was, I feel like if, I, f- I feel like, not to not to bring up the movie of the of the week, but with licorice pizza, I feel like uh, <laughs> that he would end up like Cooper Hoffman would end up like one of the boys in We Are Your Friends. If he doesn't mm. get direction, he'll end up like when the child acting, because obviously it was very clear that the child acting was not going to keep working out for him in Licorice mm-hmm. Pizza. So once that's on, he's been like hustling all the way, like doing like pinball machines and doing like waterbeds. And it is so easy to see him pivoting into like real estate and other shit like that, like other like sny hustler shit. They'll yeah. like actually start going from just being a way to make a buck in, in a hard time. Like he's like manipulating like the gas crisis and shit. Like that's yeah. what he wants to do. Is like he he would he if he could manipulate the gas crisis, he would be able to. He would. He would I think do that's it. a pretty I apt think, comparison. Yeah, because like so I think that it feels yeah. like this is a precursor to like these kind of men have existed throughout life, and especially they've in, changed it, with the times. Sorry, yeah, um, and especially you know, great connection because they're both in the valley and like yeah, how exactly. how, how much movies. this this has a sense of place that the valley is is like a purgatory but i mean i think that might be taking a step further but it's like too far um that's so, like this yeah. is like a it's like on the outside of los angeles it's on the outside yeah. of hollywood where all these or the, all this action is actually happening and liquor yeah, no. pizza serves its characters outside of alana and gary uh as warnings and you know i think we've all yeah. like, kind of detected oh, exactly. this that it's like um uh you know like tom waits and bradley cooper sean penn um even like Benny Safdie to an extent, like they're all people that Gary could become. And I think that Cole like inadvertently surrounds himself by people he could become like the masculine figures like come in and out of Gary's lives. Well, like Cole, I think Cole is surrounding is himself. By them. He's haunted by them and he's surrounded himself by the wrong, the wrong group. I mean, there's that idea that you should really be careful who your friends are. Cause like that could inform the person who you are. And I think like Cole mm-hmm. just hasn't learned that yet. And I think this might be the point in his life where he does learn that. Exactly. Um, yeah. And the thing, the thing, uh, what well, the thing uh, to bring up your point about the Valley, I think there is like a, uh, there's a common thread about movies, about hustlers from the Valley because they are right off of the land of like the city of angels, you know, the, mm-hmm. the city that is designed in American culture as like the epitome of, of success. If you're in LA, you're a success and you're just outside it looking out. Everybody has on, a headshot. And yeah. so you want to be, you want to be that level. You want to be that person. You want to have success here because if you're successful here, you can go there. You can get a house in the in the hills. Like they they literally go and get a house on the hills, and it goes <laughs> fucking wrong. Um, yeah. But like the thing about thing the thing I just think it's so interesting that uh, these are like this is a movie. Like I think I think a great thing about this film in regards to its robot friendship is that it's really really honest by the way that a certain kind of man interacts with each other. Like yeah. I don't, I, I, I can, I have recognized to much lesser extents, obviously, but there have been male friend groups I've had that are like these guys yeah. to a certain extent. And I think what, what is also really important this movie. I wouldn't even be surprised if Joseph like ins- was inspired by real people. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he knew. I'm sh- I am 100% sure he knew guys like that. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he might still be one of those guys. <laughs> Uh, but should it's we fine. Check catfish. Uh, like, should we go through? Yeah, I, I feel like he's a total bro. Like, hundred percent. I'd be so shocked if he wasn't like a total. I, I, if he doesn't say like bruh, I'd be shocked. Uh, <laughs> like, calls everyone dude and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like I yeah. just, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 with people I'm comfortable with, I say doodle and brew a lot. Uh, but I have to make sure everyone's comfortable with it. It's just yeah, man, man's my favorite. Man's my favorite. I love saying, I love call, calling people man. Um, I call, I call Jillian man a lot. <laughs> just cause, just cause I think it's funny. Uh, but no, uh, so the thing about it, uh, to me, that's because what it shows is like you can have these like friendship groups and they can lead to bad places, but it doesn't mean there aren't wonderful times and yeah. good memories. And like, it's not like they aren't important to you. There's not a single friend in that group that is just like a blunt, like force of representation of he's really bad. Like, even the main dickhead is like, still, like, yeah. He's still like he. I never remember his character name because I'm always he's just a, like, oh, he's he's the bald dickhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, just like he, he like, yeah, like you kind of see him working that roofing repair company at one point, and it's just like you're in your natural habitat. Like in the very beginning, you see him watching this like animal nature documentary, and it's like you're an animal. Like yeah, no, every time he's screen, a very like primal. Sort he's of great. Presence. He's a great yeah. performance. But the yeah. thing is, he's mo- he's not just like a two because he would be just make him a two dimensional fuckboy. But I think there is like, a lot to him. Like he's a dickhead, and he is like, like he's impulsive, but he cares about his friends so sincerely. Like he really does love his friends, and he really does just want a good life for him and his friends. Uh, but uh, which also correlates into another good point about how. This is a movie about how sometimes friendships just need to be over, even if you still love them. And yeah. sometimes it just needs to if end. You love and let it go. sucks. Yeah. But if you don't end, if they don't end at the right time, bad shit can happen. You can get hurt. People can mm-hmm. be affected by it. And not not just like the ethics of like, do I do I go into like being an entrepreneur and take it further and further until I'm actively hurting people? Or or but also do I stay in this place that's just clearly enabling bad behavior? Do I end it before it leads to something tragic or do I stay because I love them? Mm-hmm. And it's just this really, it's a really deeply sad movie that I think it's to me, it's the most movie, the most 2015 movie because yeah, it represents sure. a lot of what people were feeling at the time. And because it, it, it was just, it has this kind of a sense of impending doom as well, where it's just because mm-hmm. like, obviously everything just got worse after we are your friends came out. It's especially that in, the first in America. Of girls, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I only seen the first season of Girls. So I need to catch up. I I just I don't. <laughs> I was gonna say the same, but it's more. I just want your take on it. It's like totally a selfish. Yeah, thing Jack to, wants you to do it for uh, selfish reasons, not reasons to <laughs> you know to protect. You I'll watch. I'll watch Doom. I'll watch Doom Patrol, and I'll watch one episode of your your favorite episode of Girls that will have the most talk. Just watch okay. Doom Patrol and not Girls. I think that. <laughs> okay. I think that's uh, I, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no to that, but also like it's just. You know, I, well, Jack hasn't I, watched Doom Patrol either. Like a freaking, I think it's stupid head. Okay, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Um, but no, yeah, and like, I was gonna say something, but no, oh yeah, uh, I think when James and Sophia break up, that's also them realizing I can't have you anymore. Like as much as I want the idea to come home to a girlfriend and a great career and a fucking sick house. Which also the idea that, that this is the so most awesome. the idea that you call this the most 2015 movie. I kind of had the idea that this is like the most 2010s architecture. It's sort of like yeah. very minimalist and like simplistic. Rules, though. Like I'm sorry. Pastel. No, it's great. I love it too. It, it reminds me of some of my favorite production design of the decade with a few movies we haven't still covered. Um, 
uh, and things like Beginners and Ex Machina. Um, that those are Ex Machina is a good can, show, right? Yeah, it's like um, sort of just so slick. Well, like, glass. Like, yeah, a lot of glass. Exactly. A lot of right yeah, yeah. angles. I know that's a weird yeah. so thing, thing, but a lot of right angles. Yeah, very. Yeah, the thing about that, how that's to me the, the big thing, and I think the reason why I really like his house is it just makes me think of Franklin's second house on GTA Five. I don't know if you yes. know. No, no, it is. No, you're right. Dead that's on. what it is like, and I, and I love that house. I love hanging out in Franklin's like house. Like a one story so I, version of that, because I think that's like a multi. Yeah, one story. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me, like, the pool bit looks exactly like the... Yeah, no, but, it, but the it's thing, very much that, yeah. Yeah, to me, like, the the stuff where, like, that, because, like, uh, I think we, what we've covered is, like, a bulk of the movie that isn't around Bentley. Like, we've branched Bentley and how, like, the idol stuff, but I think that his relationship with Wes Bentley, uh, with, with James and with Emily Ratchewski, Sophia, is different, is that he sees he sees a version of the future that he thinks he wants, and then he realizes he doesn't want it that way. It's like, to me, we are your friends. And in, 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 in the simplest way, it's about learning how to forge your own path. Mm. You see influences. You see, like, so many things that can happen. So many job opportunities. So many gigs. And he has this big moment. And he's like, I am going to do my own thing. I don't need to live his life. I don't need to live my friends' lives. I just want to be happy and do things for me. And I'll figure it out. And that's like the message of the, if there's any message to that movie, that's the message to me is like, is that. Can I give you my take on the message of the movie? Yes, please, Clyde, please do. I mean, it's similar to that, but to me, it's almost even a little more like distilled and simpler in the sense of, I think it's a movie about, if, is it possible to be a good person living in current society? Is it possible to be. Is it possible to have any kind of morality while also like not basically disappearing into existence can you actually live a life and be morally upright because the thing is can you be musically successful and be a good person well james he's musically successful but he's not a good person can you be financially successful and be a good person you look at uh fucking john bernthal he is financially successful but not a good person can you you know like it's one of those things where it's like can he actually get success whether it be creatively or uh, you know artistically or financially can he actually gain success with being while being also a good person um there's like a thing where he after squirrel dies he goes to james james uh house and he's like i don't think i'm a good person i mean i don't think bad people think they're a bad person but i don't think i'm a good person and it's that line really stuck out to me because it's just like I don't know. I think it's one of those things where he's, you know, he's learning the nuance of things. Mm-hmm. Like he's learning that James is nuanced. Like he is a very like he's James isn't like total. He I was really surprised and really um, uh, impressed with the nuance surrounding James as a character because he's not the villain. He's not a villain. He's no. He's like a person. He's just a person who failed. Like he just not failed, but like he just lost his way. Um, there's a part of him that's gone, and he even says so. Like, you're too young to even understand the word irreparable. You're a real man. You're not a real man line. until you're 27. Yeah. yeah that, like, that he, line, that's, I was going to say that line to Clay. That's my favorite line in the movie. Like, he's it's, just so... The way he's so harsh saying irreparable to him, it's such a harsh delivery. It, it's so... 
and to be honest, I was like, wait, let me see, let me make sure I know what irreparable means. Let me look up the definition real quick, just so I'm like, I think I know. But no, it's like you can't. It's he lost something that he can't replace. He lost that morality, that morality that Zach, that um, Cole is struggling with. He lost that piece of him. He lost how to. He lost the ability to be a good person. And, and, and so, also be a good artist. He lost the ability to make new art that he loves. It, I, like, I think it's, and I think Cole is just like, is it possible to manage all of these things? Is it possible to be a good person and be financially successful? Is it possible to be a good person and also have, you know, uh, and maintain your creativity and your, um, and your pride when it comes to creating music? And it's mm-hmm. like, the answer is, Sure. Just do your best. Try not to lose it. Go to go to a coffee shop and have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Go right. for a run. Just make do simple stuff. Wanna, make a yeah. song you want to make. And make a song for your best friend who's not here anymore. You know, like it's like yeah, the, and it, and it was, I think you know it's like when the movie sort of like takes takes a breather by the end, it comes to the realization that it's like life isn't about all the time like these fucking drug trips night outs the boys partying getting drunk like crazy music festivals it's really just about pie dates <laughs> it's like, yeah I that's yeah. my life yeah. so, so I, I hate i i i my night outs are always like to like a concert or like a movie i don't drink and i don't do drugs or anything so i my my so whenever i see someone just being like i want to have a nice just casual day i'm like yeah that's right. my lifestyle let's yeah. have a fucking meal together and talk about our feelings you like know, if you that's were, what if you I, were in, that's what I love. If you were on spring break with the girls from spring breakers, like you would not I would hang. I would take them for pizza. I would take them for pizza and be like, hey guys, <laughs> what do you want? Pizza? You would bail them that's, out, that's but you that wouldn't is. like hang with them. You would just leave and like I'd just be like, guys, I don't have any I don't guys, I don't have any I don't have any drugs for you, but I can we can get some M and M's and get on the sofa <laughs> and watch 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 Step Brothers, you know? I don't have multiple fully automatic firearms, but I do have <laughs> a wallet and a play in a, a mode of transportation to get to Papa John's. That's what I can. I, oh fuck Papa John's though. That's I know I know. Papa John's, I just I yeah. had to think of some kind of chain in my head. Uh, hey guys, I don't I don't have a copy of Scarface on repeat, but I do have a Winnie the Pooh. There you go. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like that's the you best can, description you can, of you as a person. I've got so the thing is is that I. I have had I have had success with women just by being completely honest that I'm a I'm a I'm a baby, and I'm just like hey guy hey, hey you know there was just like this viral post of like this this guy that keeps getting girls to go home with him by saying oh I'm gonna go home and eat a big pot of stew, and it's like do you want to come back and eat some stew and it worked and my my equivalent is like hey I've got like a Winnie the Pooh you want to come and hold him, and it's like not even in a euthanism way but like just see right no of course of yeah, of course yeah and then like they come home and they like they hug all my friends and then they stay tonight that's awesome, that's awesome. Oh, now yeah. i'm now i'm monogamous and in a committed relationship but it worked there you go. it worked that's how you got she, jillian she lo- she, yeah she yeah. loves me because i have she ha- she loves me because i have a Woody the Pooh that she can steal yeah and that's what she's not gonna wants. steal that's what everyone yeah wants. but like i just I, that's a great interpretation clay i think definitely that's what the the mm-hmm. film is about, about as well. The th- th- to me, what it is is interesting is that it is kind of a romance movie, mm. kind of because yeah, kind of. I think I think the seat I think the be- like the to me the happiest scene in the movie isn't like the early <laughs> nights out because there's so much of the night outs are like built up with them being frustrated that they're not getting more money 
and getting more shit. The 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 funny the the happiest scene in the movie when there's no tension, there's nothing is Emily Ratchewski and Zac Efron running through Vegas and getting getting like I think it's Vegas, right? It's Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're running through Vegas, and I just assumed it was Vegas because it looked like Vegas. And, and also, um, like, there's that but, uh, replica of the Eiffel Tower in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, but yeah. they 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 could have those in Delaware. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've never been there. Portland, <laughs> Oregon could have an Eiffel Tower. We don't know. It's true. Clay, do they, they have an Eiffel Tower? They don't. Okay, well, see so now now I know that Rose Garden. That's pretty. Oh, okay, dope. cool. That sounds nice. Yeah. Um. You need to see quick deviation before I finish. You need to see Dog, uh, Chang Tan movie because there's a big Portland scene in that. Hmm. Dog. That's good to know. I I have been waiting to watch Dog. Um, good movie. I, Has a dog I, in it. The dog's I, very I, good. It's one of those things. It's like when you watch the. A trailer, lot of people are seeing it. Like, it's made a lot of money. Yeah. Has made a lot I, of money. Yeah. When you look at the trailer, just like, I mean, the thing is, it's like, yes, Dog, great selling point. You got me. But it's also like Channing Tatum. He's like. He's also a dog, so this is great. It's just two dogs. Yeah, no. They, they saw the tagline on it's like, he's like a, a filthy, uncontrolled animal. And also there's a dog. <laughs> it's like, that's the thing. Right, but yeah, no, Tatum... And Tatum, the three so bullets Tatum, from where your friends comes into the picture. It's like, okay, now Tatum, we got Tatum, dogs, plural. Tatum, Tatum, Tatum is a very talented, dramatic actor. I didn't. I equated Bulmer with Efron and not Tatum because I don't think Tatum has the same sad eyes. I think mm. Tatum, Tatum has happy eyes. Like he can be very sad. He's very good at anger, but that kind of lingering sadness is more a boomer thing, I would say. From the James Magic Mike. I think Tatum has very Zach energetic Mar- eyes. Yeah. yeah. James Marsden, Zach Efron, Channing Tatum, all golden retrievers. But like, I think Efron's the sad one in the corner. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, you know, you know golden retrievers like the, have different the, personalities. The... <laughs> But they yeah. all just yeah. seem like this so like pure, just like, okay, what are we doing? What are we doing? And just like, I, you know, oh, you want to come with? I think if there's any beef Aww. between that group of actors, like Efron's the one to like break it up. Like, guys, 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 let's calm down now. <laughs> guys, guys, let's let's look at let's look melancholic like let's look at a melancholic <laughs> manner at the Los Angeles skyline and just think <laughs> we're all gonna die one day. This city <laughs> won't last forever. Maybe nothing matters. Let's make this uh, but back to what yeah. But back to my, <laughs> Does it back get to my original, <laughs> but, but 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 back to my original point about Ratchewski and Efron. Um, the, the, the 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 there's a feeling of weightlessness when they're running around and they're they're having fun. Like the music yeah. is perfect. It's a beautiful scene. Like it's, it's 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 almost like it reminded me of the Vegas scenes in Night of Cups, but much happier. I was just gonna bring up. That. Uh, I I saw because it saw, has that. I saw a Letterbox review comparing this to song to song as well. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Um, it has like kind of like late period Mal- Malachian Malachian. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never said that out loud before. I've only written <laughs> yeah. Malachian. Um, Same. It, it, it was this kind of like free weightlessness and this kind of sense of 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 montage where it's like it's always in motion, you know. Um, but it, but like it's it's not like constantly and the accelerating. Is it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's like bobbing on a river. You know, it's like it's constantly moving, but never in an accelerated manner. It's just always flowing, flowing. Um, and then, like, they have like there's so so much chemistry, and they're so two really beautiful people, and they yeah. you genuinely be, buy their chemistry. And for this one night, and I've I've had like nights. This just like this one perfect night with a girl, and it never la- it didn't last, but it was wonderful. And that's what this feels like. Only they have to reckon with the aftermath as well, and choose: do they want to? risk the consequences that comes from seeing if that one night can last a lifetime 
which I think is interesting. I think it's a great scene. I think it's all. I love them just eating breakfast together in their hotel room. I think that's just a really cute scene. Yeah. Um, and I like I like that it's juxtaposed with like him like being at like the part like the like the really stuffy apartment party with her old college friends, and like he yeah. just doesn't fit in. And yeah. I think that's another part of him like seeing like I don't want to be like the Berenthal or the the snobby types because these fuckers don't respect people. And, and it's like, they're, like yeah, they there's don't, like a disconnect there. Yeah, I think I think there's a real correlation between those like snotty guys that were slut shaming Rachowski and mm. like Berenthal, and that they both don't they don't respect women. But in the case of Berenthal, is I don't respect women's like like in terms of I don't respect anyone because mm. I want their their property. I will lie to them, and I don't I don't care if they have a family. I don't care about their lives. I just want to make them give me their houses for less yeah. than their worth. And these guys. I, and also, like, um, I just wanted to point out real fast that Max Joseph makes a cameo in the the party with the with the college friends. Um, yeah. And just like the line delivery of like, so do you guys jerk each other off, or is it taking turns? That's so anything. Very thing. funny. So good. Very, um, very funny. Yeah. yeah, it feels like a scene straight out of the OC. <laughs> yeah, but Clay, what's your question? I have a question. Was anyone else turned on when John Bernthal was holding a bat? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who are you asking all, here? Yeah. Uh, you know the bet in uh, the Avengers when the Hulk goes, "I'm always angry," and he turns into the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my cock when I see John Bernthal. There you go. There you go. That's what I was. That's what I'm I. Always, that's what I was waiting to hear, and I appreciate that. I'm always horny. <laughs> okay, so this is how I'm starting I'm the episode. Go. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah right. is, <laughs> but, but no, uh, I think I think that uh, to. So like so like to correlate Berthal and these guys, it's like he kind of Cole kind of views like these like these men of status, like these guys that are going to be the status of Berthal, probably even higher. And Berthal is all this kind of thing of this disrespect to women in this party is going to become a disrespect to anyone that is below you at any time. Mm-hmm. And these things correlate and flow together. And I think that We Are Your Friends is a very smart, very acute movie about the way that like biases like accumulate um because like Berenthal has like no like there's no part of Berenthal where you learn anything really about him the guy yeah. it's not like it's you follow him to his does. family or whatever yeah, yeah it's... You, it's all what he does it doesn't matter what he's like at home because this is what he does with his living this is how he makes his home yeah you know this and is all I, you need I to think... know about the man yeah yeah I, I honestly think I, I to me like that it is very good at showing like yeah, these guys in this party, they could be like Burnfall anytime. The guys that are his friends, they could be like Burnfall anytime. They could be there's so many ways to be a fuck up and, and mm. make money for it and not care. Well and, Ollie decided to be Burnfall. Yeah, he did. And he's he's a little bitch. Uh <laughs> love love Shiloh Fernandez. Shiloh, Shiloh? I've never understood his name. Shiloh yeah, Shiloh Fernandez. Fernandez is great in um oh, is he in Project Almanac or is that? That's a different guy. That's, that's different uh, guy. Yeah. Israel Bruchard is the lead right. before the right, right, um, right, right, right. So Shiloh Fanon is in this this little indie movie directed by my friend Chad Harbold called Long Night Short Mornings, which is a really really great movie. Uh, hmm. I would recommend it sincerely. Barely anyone saw it. The reason why I'm friends with Chad is because I saw the movie, tweet about it, and he saw me tweet about it because no one else had seen it, and we became buds. <laughs> he was on an episode of Chasing Statham about Death Race when we were still doing that. Uh, oh, nice. But like, so like, he's he's a lovely guy. Uh, that movie's really really great. I think you I think you guys would really dig it. It's another. Hmm. It's kind of similar to 
it's not as it, not to say sorry, Chad, if you're listening. It's not as good as We Are Your Friends, but most movies aren't <laughs> to me. Uh, but it, it is. It has like a similar kind of disaffected twenties late millennial melancholy of what do I what am I doing with myself? Uh, I just think that to me, like the Rachowski stuff, feels like I don't know if I can be a good person in terms of society, but I can be a good person to her. And I could be kind to her. And maybe that's all you need At to be a good person. Something. Is yeah. to is to not hurt people actively and be good to someone. But yeah. he's also but the thing is that he is a good person to her, but by being with her, he's not I mean he's not being really a good person in that moment because he's still Yeah, he's being a dickhead. He, yeah, like like that's the thing, it, he's it, being a dickhead. That's the beauty of this film. It's just like even when you try to be a good person, you kind of fail in the sense of that it's almost impossible. Like again, it's. I think it's the question: is Is it possible to be a good person? Because there's always these contradictions in these, um, uh, in these uh, like these uh, lines that you cross, even when you're trying to be a good person. And like, then you've got like, uh, like, yeah. I, I think I think I don't. I wouldn't say he's a bad person. I would say he's a terrible friend. Mm. And like, no, I, I don't think, think he's it, being a. No, yeah, no, I agree though. Yeah. Yeah, it's like because being... James sucks and she shouldn't be with James and James cheats all the time, but it's still just like that thing. Mm-hmm. I just yeah no, but it's like um to me it's like like everyone's confused. The, Every one of these characters are just confused and aimless. Like, but he's he's reckoning with being like I think all obviously like another part of the core is like how do you be a good friend? You know, mm. right? Like how can you be a good friend when your interests are different than your friends? You know, like when, like, or your direction is going to be different. And like to me, he sees like he's he's got this friendship with James, but he sees how unhappy Sophia is, and he wants to be with her, and he takes the opportunity, and he knows that'll hurt James, and he feels bad about it, but not bad enough to stop him from doing it. And I think there's like cases where you're like, I've done something shitty, and I know it's shitty, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's like a really, and sometimes that could be like a big thing. Like I'm sure Berenthal knows it's shitty, just doesn't care. But there's people like you make choices, and you're like, well, that could hurt someone, that could do something. But I've done it, and I can't stop myself from doing it. You know, and yeah. like I think everyone's had like a couple times in their life when that's happened to them. For sure, and they're just like, and you can regret it, but you knew that you would regret it, and you did it anyway. And mm-hmm. you have to reckon with that, and you have to hope that people will forgive you, or that you can forgive yourself. And to me, honestly, the We Are Your Friends is just about like looking at these people and being like, I can do better. I mm-hmm. don't. I, I. I. Maybe I'll fail. Maybe I'll still end up like those guys eventually. But right now, I have to believe that I can be good to this person and have a good civil relationship with my friends without being trapped in their web. And I have and I think to believe it could be good. That right there is like the idea of Cole that Efron fills out so well that it's like. It's like what you mentioned that an actor and a character are so well f- put together that it's, yeah, it's like a small miracle. But I was watching the uh, the review from What the Flick, uh, the YouTube show with like Chrissy Lemire, Lonzo Duraldi, and Matt Achety that they would review movies every week um, for like eight years. I'm just, you know, I've, I've like talked about it quite a bit on here, but Ben Mankiewicz was... Uh, kind of like dunking on the uh, third act and it's just like well it's a rare case that the first two acts of a movie work really well and then the third act is like where it sinks it's like i don't know i think it's quite good <laughs> like, like I, I couldn't 
it just like kind of makes sense where this is like where it would go. It just, I don't know. I saw people, a few people like clown on like where it goes in the end game, but just like, it's where, where's it's a little abrupt. I wish the movie was kind of longer because it feels like, I don't know the pacing of it. The death of squirrel is kind of just like, Oh shit. We're okay. We're doing this now. Okay. It just feels like such a big leap. Um, even though it's not, it makes sense narrative-wise. It just felt like it just happened, and I wasn't like, "Oh, oh, he's dead." Oh, okay. And but, but the thing, and, but that kind of worry kind of went away the moment the song, like, like the moment I forget was this after or during the song where they play a clip of the moment before it starts. Um, like of him just of Squirrel saying the moment before it starts. Is that after the song, or during the? Last I think song? I think it's, I think it's uh, I think it's after. Whatever uh, that so, was inserted. So the you told me the sample of him. Yeah, basically, the yeah. The the moment before it starts. Yeah, no, it happens like, before the drop. Like he plays the the bit and then the drop hits. Then, whenever that uh, whenever that line is said, that's where I'm kind of like my reservations and my kind of my quibbles with the way they handled Squirrel's death kind of went out the window because I'm like, fuck, they got me. They got me. Yeah, I, no, they got it's, me. It's, it's, it's Squirrel's death. So Would you bad. say uh, that you were uh, catfished? Sure. Yeah, we can go with that. It's fine. That works. Just I don't know. Just tried to. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That works. Yeah, never mind. Uh, Max uh, Joseph worked on Catfish, and that's, oh, I didn't know that. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah, this is where it came from, and then they took off a few seasons to make this movie. Oh, dope! Yeah, come back, King. <laughs> come back to us. Anyway, do we have anything else to say about this movie? Um, yeah, I guess uh, I'm just looking at what I've written down. It's more just like kind of unfortunate. This was. It feels like it was just dumped in August, but I don't know like when we replace this in a, in the year. Um, this would definitely be a streaming movie in twenty twenty two. So sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ollie sucks. But no, it's one of my notes. Ollie fucking sucks. He sucks. He's a bad yeah, person. He's, he's, he's probably kind of, and he's kind of responsible for Squirrel's death. I know there was a mm-hmm. huge point. I'm like, he's kind of responsible for it. I like that uh, Cole's ringtone. Just sounds like a bit of EDM. That just yes, has like, yeah. yeah, but, um, and also how much I love, I love emphasis there is on Valley Sushi. I didn't know that that was a real thing, but now I'm interested. <laughs> I love, I love Efron's t-shirt choices. Looks dope. Whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's a man. That's a man who knows how to rock a tee. Like there's no t-shirt wearer that's better than Efron in cinema right now. I bet when he I wears the fuck out of him... a tee, uh, out of a V-neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I first saw him in the movie, I'm like trashy djs don't look like that i mean like he's so fucking drop dead gorgeous i'm like i mean i i it's a movie who cares but i was just one of those right. things where i'm just like these guys are they don't look like well that's guys. like the same complaint about like Kremsworth and black hat where it's just like okay well then what hackers look like that's <laughs> nah, true good point what did djs I, 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 yeah no it's it's i think that he just the the, the the only the, the only person I can think of who rocks a tea better is my boy Garrett Hedlund, who's rocking a white tea in this really shitty movie called Mojave with Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, like, right? That's like another a- early A twenty four. Yeah, 
it's not very good but it's worth watching yeah. for the looks because like he's got like the like the slick back like medium long hair like dirty stubble white tee got the shades on he's walking out in the sun he <laughs> looks like the sexiest man that's ever lived it's crazy have you seen, have you seen the soderbergh tv show mosaic so good so good yeah One excellent things ever. yeah i think that yeah. that might be his best right um I, I think it's pretty absurd that we see vine star king batch uh make a cameo uh, at the club in the very beginning that's like so many weird <laughs> soderbergh so many yeah it's like um yeah, and the line from the trailer I love is uh, like, "Can you play Drunk in Love?" And it's like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> it's just like, um, it's it's like really funny that it's like that's the that's the movie sense of humor. Two things: appreciate the how they show like the beat making and stuff. As uh, as someone who has a cousin who does that stuff, and I've seen up close what that kind of what goes into it. I mean, his beats are fine. I don't know. I can't. I don't want to. He doesn't listen to this, but I, I I don't have like an opinion on his beats. Sure. Um, but just like the whole process process of it though, is like the only things I've kind of learned are from him. And if anyone watches, um, in the booth with Kenny beats, uh, his YouTube, right. I know Greg watches that a lot. It's, uh, Greg loves it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I mean, it's musically, it's great, but it's also just like, I don't know. It gets, it's great for understanding like a create creative environment. And like how an atmosphere can help you help like flow creativity and just get that kind of like feeling of like people are like making art even in a a very informal way. It's really good. I would highly recommend it. It's on YouTube, all of them. I think there's like two or three seasons of it so far. Um, But so I just like the little hints and details they have of beat making. I appreciate it because I'm like, oh, that's like, again, I'm not an expert but from the stuff, you know, from my personal point of view from the stuff i've seen up close with whether it be my cousin or the kenny bean show it's like pretty pretty spot on nice nice um, hmm. and sure. uh, well, i had one more thing and then we'll get to favorite scene uh i don't think i remember what it is oh that the funny thing when they all drink the pellegrino at the same time they had to be sponsored by pellegrino there's just no way they weren't that had to be a sponsor you're just thing. I love I love sponsors. I think it's awesome. You you guys so heard too. about uh, you know you, you guys know about Barcelona Football Club, aka FC Barcelona. You guys heard of it? I mean, I, you know, I vaguely. Jack, you know who Lionel Messi know. is? Have you heard of Messi, I know what, the who, footballer? Yeah. You don't know who Jack, Messi, heard is, of Messi Jack? is? I I it's now like I not wish knowing I do. who Michael Jordan is. Okay, do you not? Know, do you know who Cristiano level. Ronaldo is? You heard of Cristiano Ronaldo? Um, bro, bro, no, dude, no, okay. Basically, so Barcelona have been going through financial trouble, so they had to get rid of. They had to send Messi. To Why France. do I feel like I'm in trouble? Maybe you're, you're in, in trouble. trouble. It's just it is astonishing to me. It's not like it's not even like a, it's not even like a, a critique of you. It's just I don't even know how it's possible. I don't know how it's. Uh, Jack, we're not mad. We're just disappointed. It feels like you're also Which mad. Is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but Barcelona, uh, so Barcelona got a sponsorship uh, recently because they have huge debt problems, and they've had to rename their stadium uh, after Spotify. So this is going to be like, the Spotify Stadium in Barcelona. That's, that's what it's going to be called. Do you, 
Logan, do you know the do you know what the Lakers arena is now called? Crypto.com. Crypto.com arena. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. And they weren't going through any financial issues as crypto had as crypto just outbid the fuck out of everyone else. So but it's just that so will, funny. That, will, like, that will that will last for not long. Right. But it's like <laughs> crypto.com arena and it's just like Jesus fucking Christ. It used to be the forum back in the day, it was then the stable center and now it's crypto.com arena. My 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 huge bias towards the Lakers and the Nets for some reason have have benefited me greatly the last year. I've been so hmm. I've paid, it, it's paid off. The bias has paid off. Um uh, yeah, it has. It has. No, but yeah, no sponsorships are cool. I would take a sponsorship to yeah. make a to make a movie that would come out in theaters. Like, I would happily sponsor. <laughs> like, uh, I'm trying to think of a company I would sponsor. Uh, ben and Jerry's. I would eat a bunch of Ben and yeah. Jerry's on a movie. Like, let me have some ice cream, man. Like, uh, pay me to eat ice cream on your movie, and I'll promote it happily. <laughs> I'll do the espresso ads. Yeah, yeah they're not like for for a giant corporation. For they're they're pretty good for a giant corporation that definitely they're sucks pretty good, some pretty good ways. Um, yeah. They've come out as anti-Zionist lately, yeah, even though when people were kind of worried about you know how pro-Israel they are. So. That's you know well that's that's you know can't be mad. I'll eat their ice cream and feel safe about it. I think yeah, I think I think I'm cool with that too. Yeah. Let's eat let's eat if some just... Ben and Jerry's guy. Exiting through the tent, sponsored by Hagen Dawes. Oh no. <laughs> We've betrayed the sponsor. Pro imperialist Hagendaz? I don't know if Hagendaz yeah. is pro imperialist, but it would be funny if they were. Hagendaz personally sponsored the bombing of Libya. Fun fact. It's true. I don't know that. I don't know that. Disclaimer. I don't know that. No, it's true. Logan will say it's not so, true. It's true though. He doesn't want. To, just, he doesn't want you to hear the yeah. truth. It's true. So it looks like I found where I'm starting the episode. That's crazy. Huh? Okay, cool. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, uh, right. I just think it's really funny that Wes Bentley hasn't been in a movie since uh, Best of Enemies, the uh, race-based oh, the, the film from Sam, with Rockwell. Sam Rockwell and Taraji Henson. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, like, regardless, it's just that, that was in 2019 and then just, like, going down, like, just, like, He's the work the has been, like, out of all of us. decreasing. Yeah. Um. And we mentioned Knight of Cups earlier. He's in Knight of Cups. Uh, Great in Knight of Cups. One of my favorite yeah, parts of Knight of Cups. Has yeah. his face been getting smaller over the year? Am I the only crazy person oh my God. who thinks this? <laughs> I was like, are you going to mention this? Um, the size of his I mean, face like... in Interstellar compared to here is nuts. Maybe it's just the beard. Is it, but do you think it's the beard? Looks okay. so much, yeah. It might be. It looks so much smaller. His head just looks so much smaller in this than it does in Interstellar. He it's crazy to me. I'm, I think I'm going crazy. Maybe you just need to look closer. Mm. American Beauty. I need to get him uh, on the phone. Figure this out. Not my best work. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. All right. Favorite scene. Uh, I will start um, because I will take control of this podcast. God damn it. No. Uh, my favorite. No, you're, scene... you're the host. Please do. I mean, I'm the puppet host. We know who my real masters are. Um, <laughs> we don't, but it, it, that's a tease for upcoming episodes. It's going to be like an arc thing. Um, oh my god, my favorite scene be a is narrative like, now? <laughs> yeah, always. Always a narrative. Uh, it's when he gets high on PCP and he starts imagining everything yeah. he
Mm -hmm. This painting's alive. Nah. It's just the PCP talking. PCP? Kind of mentioned the fucking yeah. awesome scene. I, I love, love the rose scope. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's like Perfect. a little dick because, like, all right, yeah, we've seen like drug trip scenes and like we know how they go and like, whoa, where am I? Like, we right. like that's so played out, but it's here it's like it actually like has a visual panache to it. And uh, so the, the movie makes choices. It's visually interesting, which I wasn't really mm -hmm. expecting. I was expecting like such oh, great montage, like, early movie. Yeah, it looks such just, tremendous it just, editing. It's really good, um, and I love. I also I think Efron has great comedic uh, or physical comedy in that scene. I think he's just he's just very funny. Just the way he's just kind of like moving to the beat, and he's just like out of his like out of his mind. It's just it's really funny to me. Yeah, and I like how it like, I like the edit like very slowly ramps up. Him. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like the edit yeah. when he falls onto the couch or whatever, and I'm like, that's great. Yeah, perfect. It reminded me of the uh, drug trip scene in uh, Worst Person in the World. It's better. I've not seen it. I, yeah, I, I think they're both good. Uh, it's better. I didn't. I didn't care for the drug trip scene in the worst person in the world very much. Mm -hmm. I liked worst person in the world. I loved Anders Danielson Lee in worst person. Uh, yeah. in the world. I don't oh, know if that's how you say his name at all. I may have completely. I, I, I mean, it looks. It looks like a name that you'd like say. I, how I, it I'm, is I'm spelled, terrible. But... I'm terrible at saying names. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I, I get them wrong all the time. Yeah. It's fine. No one cares. Um, I, I, if I you do I care. Mean... You can't stop me. <laughs> I, I yeah, but that is a devastating performance. Yeah, yeah no, I, I thought he was clearly the best thing about it, like by a mile. Mm -hmm. I I thought the movie was was pretty good. Uh, I thought he was exceptional. Uh, I yeah. think he should have been nominated for more things. Not not necessarily yeah. the Oscars, because of course they wouldn't. But like just a more like because I saw so much for uh, the leads who I'm not going to even Renette try Reinsen. to say that name. Uh, is my good my attempts, but yeah, her yeah. Go, we'll go with that. Um, like I thought she I thought she got a bunch of stuff. Like she was called I think she was she was either like number two or number one on the film stage best performances list that I did writing for. Yeah. Um it was that. Uh she was like a bunch of like critics awards and stuff like that. And he okay. got like a name that I'm not gonna like, try is no uh the lead from Drive My Car. I'm I'm not even gonna try it in front of the uh but also like I think that's off the list as well. Yeah, it was. I think that was him. I think it was him, or it was it was worst person in the world. I, I don't mm -hmm. want. I will. I will try. I will try. 
his name. I just uh, Hitotoshi Nishijima. Hitotoshi Nishijima. Uh, I mean, I can say it, yeah, that's, that's good. I can say it, I, I watch Japanese wrestling, so I've gotten better at pronouncing Japanese names. Oh, cool! Nice. Yeah. So it, I thought, it mostly uh, is honor fanatic. Honor Swinton Burn should have made more lists for Souvenir Part Two. Didn't well. see. Didn't see. Yeah. I didn't like the first one, so I avoided the second one. But I might have to watch it if people keep yelling at me to. Uh, there have been a few people. <laughs> if Greg that makes at you. Me. Yeah. Greg didn't like the first one either, so uh, yeah. I don't think Greg yeah, would right. make me do it. Yeah. yeah. We saw it together. We were like, um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Jack, do you want to go your favorite seat? I would, you know, I, I, I mean, the one night stand is pretty excellent. James got drunk and ditched me. Are you roving? Me, never. Stick out your tongue. Yeah, it really is. Like, I'm just like, I'm just trying to think. Like, have we not mentioned anything? Um, I, I like the first session also um, with James and Cole in the recording studio, and he's and he's like giving this whole spiel about like the artist he wants to be, and he's like, "Okay, you sound like an asshole." The only thing that's missing missing is an hashtag. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> like shut the fuck up. But uh, but no, I love the one night stand. I think it's yeah, everything they said. I'll yeah, I'll echo that and. Um, yeah, it just it just has this this thing that it's like you can't really describe. You just have to like visualize what it means uh, to really just fly away with another person and just like yeah, uh, Max Joseph really nailed it. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna bring up a, it's not my favorite scene. I think my scene is my favorite scene is probably the big DJ moment where he plays 
squirrels sample and the beats goes crazy and he's just so emotional it's my favorite single performance mm -hmm. of efron's uh but i would say my favorite like my favorite scene that we haven't mentioned at all is him figuring out the beats per minute in the pool next to Ratchesky and they're having this bonding moment over like how DJing works and how the heart rate works. Yeah. I think it's I really like, great. I do, I do really like fun. enjoy the narration and like the title. And yeah, really like, good I know narration. Max Joseph worked at a magazine, good magazine. And like, it makes sense the, uh, the lettering on screen. So I, I see where that visual fire came from. What's in there, Rosé? Here. Club soda. With cranberry. Very still. Hey, you know, this party's looking a little stiff cold. So what are you saying? I need to amp it up? You can try, but this crowd doesn't dance before midnight. Okay. Rocking a party. Step one. So it's the DJ's job to get the crowd out of their heads and into their bodies. So in order to do that, you need at the very least a caveman sense of rhythm cursory knowledge of mathematics and the broad strokes of ninth grade biology. For example, the baseline controls this region of the body right here. The most important region. There's always going to be resistance, so you got to be patient. Look for that one person who's not afraid to just go for it. Start them off at about 120 beats per minute. That's equivalent to the heartbeat of a long distance runner. You see, BPM is the name of the game. It governs how your body moves. For example, reggae is slow, about 60 BPM. Dubstep is actually 140 BPM cut to half speed. It ends up being about 70 BPM. House is around 110 to 130 BPM. Then there's hardcore. Not sure how you dance to that. Once you've locked onto their heart rate, you start bringing them up, song by song. thinks Zac Efron looks weird when he listens to music. He like just moves his like just moves his body in a weird way. It's like it, it's just I don't know. It, it was it, it was funny. I it wasn't like a critique or anything. I was just like hey, you're moving weird here, Zach. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. Jill, Jillian Jill, Jillian notices things about movies that I don't, and mostly things about people that I don't. And like she was talking about how a guy had really big earlobes. And I was like, Jillian, what the fuck are you looking at? What are you looking at? How do you how do you notice something like that? And that's me with you right now, Clay. How do you notice that? Like, I don't know. What was I mean, the maybe, point where you paid attention maybe to I'm that? wrong. I was just the way he was just like like especially in that scene. I think other points he's fine, but especially when he's like 
like turning up the music and stuff. He's just having some weird physicality that just did not look like right. But I, uh, it's not you, a big deal. I see what you mean. So yeah. okay, I want you to go on like you know like one of those like like psychiatrist reviews like real scenes in movies or whatever. You should go on that for commenting how people listen to music. I would like, love to do that. Re- real music enthusiast right. talks about how people listen to music and movies. His hips aren't moving like, in the right rhythm. His head nodding and not in like not just like in a weird kind right. of just like right. angular motion. Yeah, I can do all that. Yeah. Oh, a real real coffee drinker reviews coffee cups in movies. Do they have liquid in them? <laughs> like that would be it, that would be my one. It kind of reminds me of like does the dog die.com where it's like the dog doesn't die. Yeah. Can, can, oh, can you pet the dog in video games? You yeah. can set up and you can learn if you can pet the dog. I can think of it. You can pet the dog in Red Dead Redemption too. That's <laughs> Far Cry. Far Cry, you can pet the dog. Yeah. Like all the Far Cry. Um, the thing about Red Dead Redemption too is that you have to also kill dogs in that game, unfortunately. Oh my god. Same with Far Cry. Same yeah. with Far Cry. Yeah. Uh, you can it. pet. The, it's it's like it's like a balancing scale. If you want to pet the dog, you have to kill a dog. Last of Us Two has that thing too. Um, you, you can pet a dog at the start. Yeah, you have to kill a dog mandatory. One, at least one. You can avoid the others, but there's one mandatory dog there. Right. Last That's of Us right. Two. That's right. We're a fun podcast, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, we talk about dog <laughs> and, death. and dogs. any other gender. Yeah, I wouldn't. Bound, I wouldn't be surprised if this is when people are just like, okay, next. <laughs> I mean, I'm still the Evan. I feel like I feel like we're running out. Of, I feel like we're running out of steam. I think we should probably wrap this up. One more thing, I really like on their IMDb that there's a crazy credit section, and the only crazy credit is uh, there's a brief scene during the end credits where the mother of a house being sold receives Cole's money. Uh, so I, I predicted guess that. that. The moment yeah. that box showed up and the moment she showed up, like, he's going to give her that fucking box, and they did it. Cool. Yeah, that's sick. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's sort of the ultimate uh, decision to be like, I... I will be my own person. I'm going to be my own person with my own morals and creativity. And yeah, I mean, that, he's going to find a way to be a good person. Yeah, he's going to, yeah, would... he's going to find a way. Logan Kenny, thanks you so much for being on the show. This has just been you're, the door's always open. We love you. Um, if you'd like to pro- plug you, or promote man. anything, now's the time. Please just go ahead. With uh, I'd like to promote my uh, Substack for sports reviews. Um, I would like to cover, we're covering real things that are actually being said. Um, I don't know. Uh, follow me on Twitter, I guess. Logan Kenny one <laughs> I don't know. I don't really have anything to promote. Read yeah. my Drive My Car essay on Cinematary, which is yeah. C-I-N-E-M-A-T-A-R-Y dot com. Uh, good essay. I killed it. Everyone watch Drive My Car? It's like... Yeah, go watch... Uh, go see Marry Me. One of the best me, movies I've ever uh, seen. Sorry, Jennifer... Yeah. Yeah, go see Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson <laughs> streaming on Peacock. Yeah, Peacock. It's, time to, it's time to fire up the car. Paramount, yeah. Paramount Plus. I don't know. Sure. Peacock. Okay. Sure. Yeah, Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go, yeah. Uh, stream, you... stream Marry Me if you miss Marry Me's good. Theaters. Yeah. yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Go watch uh, the Batman. Go watch yeah, the Batman. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I love how we're uh, giving buy... people who made it this far like homework now. <laughs> like this is so uh, but buy Winnie the Pooh plushies for yourself and for the people in your life. There's nothing that Winnie the Pooh can't solve. Use Winnie the listen Pooh. Listen to the new production. Benny the Butcher album, yeah. Tanya. Tanya. I forgot to listen to it today. I will do it later. I promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, 
fucking sign up for Last FM so I can see what you're doing with your music listening habits. <laughs> um, uh, uh, give send me money. Uh, my PayPal okay. is <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought, okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on yeah, again, for sure. yeah, uh, yeah. my friends. I was a wonderful time. Uh, yeah. I have broken the podcast for a second time. I will break it for a third and <laughs> hopefully fourth. A third and final time. Yeah, this way. Um, yeah we're cutting you off at three. No more. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, banned. Well, if it's uh, going to be three, it's either the Mule or Den of Thieves. Like, we're going out with a bang. Uh, yeah, we're coming on for the first ever six-hour podcast F on Tron Legacy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess All right. we are required yeah. to have you on that for one. Yeah, yeah, it's an obligation. All right. All right. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. Uh, my writing on film is Town of the Simple Cinephile and Boston Hassle. Uh, this movie is not available to stream, but it's it was at my buy it. local library. <laughs> I buy the DVD. Buy it. <laughs> it's available to rent. Uh, next week is um, a movie that's Shockingly similar to this, uh, with uh, me, Hanson loves Eden. Uh, Good movie. Like, odd coincidence, yeah. Came out the next year, and uh, yeah, uh, Lillian Crawford would be here for that one. Everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Clay Williams. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at ETT Pod. You can send us an email at xing22010s. Remember, oh, at gmail.com. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars. Greatly appreciate it. Stay safe. Stay good to yourself. You know, try to keep some positivity. Hope you're all doing well. As always, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next time on Xing22010s. Keep working on your beats. <laughs> <laughs>